What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and with me this week, I got Johnson, Jam, and Joe. What up? That's the second time you're going to hear that tonight. And I've got ZJ Zach. Keep playing games and never stop playing the games. Do you know what a ZJ is, Zach? I do not. If you have to ask, big man, you probably can't afford it. Ooh, probably not. <laughs> That's actually a line off of uh, Beer Fest. So um, it's um, the, the one of the cops from Super Troopers. He plays like um, <laughs> he plays like a, a, a drunken male prostitute in Beer Fest, and they're trying to recruit. <laughs> they're, they're trying to recruit him for their beer pong team. And you know, he doesn't realize it's them. <laughs> and so he goes up to the door and he's like, HJs are uh, $10. B, uh, BJs are $20. He said, uh, HJ with my, me touching my toes is $30. And like HJ with me touching your toes is $40. And he said something about a ZJ. And one of the guys is like, how much is a ZJ? He's like, if you got to ask big man, you probably can't afford it. <laughs> I think I've seen that movie one time. It was on deployment. It's the only thing I can remember from the whole movie was the ZJ <laughs> because like that was, I was like, I've never, I've never heard of a ZJ. I can't, why can't I afford ZJs? The only thing I remember from that movie was Das Boot. Das Boot. Speaking of Das Boot, let's Das Toast. So if you're listening to this week's show, this is Loot Bros Podcast. This week we have special guest RGT85. Famed YouTuber, AEW um, enthusiast, I guess. Enthusiast, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a uh, he's got friends in the biz, so uh, 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 honorary loot bro for sure. Definitely has lots of similar interests than all of us. But the way we recorded the show is we did the interview first. Now we're breaking into the toast and all the fun stuff. So uh, stay tuned if you listen to the show. Don't let anything Joe says turn you off. All the good stuff is coming right up. So. This week, we are toasting to our special guest, RGT85. Uh, we are toasting to our Patreon producers, uh, MZ Nitro. My name is Effing Mayo, Redbeard Rick, and El Presidente Letty Bird. Uh, also, we're going to toast to old Phil Spencer. He said he ain't taking this crap no more. He ain't losing no more. He's buying everybody. In Phil, we trust. Phil said, I might not know how to make games, but I can buy them. If you can't make them, buy them. Xbox. That's right. <laughs> I've been saying that ever since they freaking bought Activision. I'm like, oh, uh, I got to do what you got to do, though, right? Am I right? Says, say, say, says you, La Revolution de Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, hey, man, you know what? If, Phil, if you want the Loot Bros podcast, we are for sale. I will <laughs> I will stop playing PlayStation for the right amount of money. I've got multiple Xboxes. I got 360s. I got Xbox uh, OGs. I got it all. I got hundreds of Xbox games, physical. I ain't no punk. I ain't buying digital, although I do have your subscription service. So, Loot Bros Podcast is on the market, and we cost a whole lot less uh, than old um, Touch to Booby one-time Activision. Oh, God. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> they definitely touch you more than once. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> and this is why they'll never buy us. This is, this, yeah, this we were this close. We were, we were so close. And he's like, you know what? Just for that, I'm out. Uh, all right. In the name of housekeeping, we have a Patreon. 
That's right. We have the Patreon, the best Patreon. Some would say the greatest Patreon ever to have existed. I'm not saying it, but someone said it, right? You can get in on that Patreon for as little as a dollar. There's some great stuff. This month's coming. So February's Patreon, February 1st, 2022. You're going to have hours and hours and hours worth of content. And it's not just good content. It's great content. Wouldn't you say, Joe? I would say so. What about you, Zach? You got an opinion on this one? Man, you know how long we record? We're now the five-hour podcast crew. That's right. You get all the extra content. You don't need five-hour energy. You got five-hour loot bros. That's right. Hey, That's right. You, yeah, it'll get you through most of your workday. That's right. Your workday sucked until this. So, boom, one dollar a month gets you access to the five-hour show, which is technically not five hours anymore because I edited some of it out. But you know what? At one point in time, in its raw form, it was five hours. So, you got that. We got a YouTube. You know, we, we need subs on the YouTube. We just had a famous YouTuber on the show so that we can maybe you know nudge the YouTube a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that was intentional. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, we got a bunch of uh, new podcast coming joe you guys have a uh, drift cast in the can don't you no no we don't oh okay <laughs> uh, like uh like i've been saying for weeks Kali, we wish you the best in your future <laughs> Kali heard you say that she had to come back for one week just to break the streak she goes i know undertaker she no said, you see the undertaker actually wins oh, oh. She, she loses every time she's not on the show i mean some would say that you know Everyone loses for this show. Either way, check out the Twitch. You got the Bearded Nerd, Mr. TMNT84, and then Resident Daryl. Me and my nerds just did part seven of the Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. We have completed the game. Now we're going through the multiple endings. And this pat this we actually streamed for about an hour before we recorded tonight. And oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> Redbeard Rick, shout out to him, Patreon producer. He was in the stream with us. And uh my son. We, we, there's like this little section you got to kind of parkour to get to a secret uh, area. And he, my son kept botching the parkour. So I was giving him a hard time telling him how trash he was. I was like, you're freaking trash at parkour. I'm the parkour king. And then once I got the controller, I proceeded to do demonstrably worse than he did. But as any good heel, I continued to push it as if I was the greatest thing since sliced bread, even though I was doing a much worse job. And then when I, he got the controller back, he did complete the parkour section and has now been named the reigning and defending parkour king. So uh, it, was, it, was, it was a very interesting stream, about an hour of trash talk between me and my three amigos. It was very, very fun. So if you're into Twitch, check it out. I also rip all of our streams to the 2236 um, YouTube channel. That is one of my many YouTube channels that I uh, started putting videos on. And so definitely, definitely fun. People actually, for whatever reason, go back and watch some of those archive videos. It's very interesting. It might be the uh, trigger words that I throw into the uh, hashtags of the video. Actually, I remember looking at something. The algorithms don't really care about that, honestly. Mm, well, maybe I should stop typing the word booby in my videos. Uh, maybe we should put a uh, spider packs picks his nose. The next one. <laughs> yeah, he's the booger bandit. <laughs> Were you watching that? Yeah, remember I commented on it. Spider packs. Spider. Oh, oh no. So like today he did it again. <laughs> We're in the middle of the stream and he goes, Daddy, I gotta wash my hands because I just picked my nose on stream again. <laughs> I love how he points it out. <laughs> like nobody knew, but because no Zach shame brought his it, game. 
Yeah, but Zach called him out on it one stream, and now he's guilty. He's like, oh, no, I got a boogie again. So, uh, All right, guys, who wants to start us off with what they've been playing? Well, I ain't been playing much, so I'll make it short and sweet for you. Get it. I've uh, been playing Warframe this week, uh, trying to get through that long, long story. Uh, when I have been laying down for bed, I've been playing Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 3 on the Switch. And I just started playing Rainbow Six Extraction last night. How is that? Uh, it's really good, actually. It's a nice change of pace. It is actually challenging for like a PvE game, like even starting off. And you have to think smart and work really well together. Hmm. Interesting. Now, this one's got zombies in it, correct? Uh, so it's not zombies. They're like aliens. Um, so... You might like it. It's it's along the extinction kind of lines, but so you load into the map and you get put in a drop area and you have three separate objectives. So you have to complete the first one and then go to the hazmat lock um, to go to the next one. But in between each of them, you have the option to either extract or continue on to the next objective. So nope. if you choose to extract, then you don't get as much experience. You don't level your characters up. So you actually have to progress your characters to unlock guns and uh and different abilities for the characters and uh there's a lot of tactical thinking in it too um you you can do stealth kills and uh and stuff like that so kind of like splinter cell-esque but with like the siege lean left right and then some just bum rushing strategies as well now it seemed very much like this was going to be dlc for siege that has now been released as a standalone game does it seem like it's a standalone like is it like a full packed title or is it just like exactly what it come off as yeah no it's a full pack title so siege had their own um like special season called quarantine which introduced like a limited time game mode that was okay um but this is its own complete title the only thing they're using is they're, they're just using the the siege universe they're using the rainbow six universe and all the operators from rainbow six siege uh we don't have all of them yet because their plan is to like have like i think like 300 operators by the end of the time they're done developing siege so Gee. i think right right now we're sitting at i want to say like 20 20 we have like 20 operators in, in extraction roughly now, does this tie into Siege at all, or are they just two separate games completely? Uh, they're two separate games completely. Siege is Siege is solely, solely like multiplayer based strategy five v five um type deal. Uh, this one is got actually got a little bit of a story to it. Um, through like the studies and stuff. Um, so you you actually get some backstory and actually have a world that this game has been developed in, which is great. And one more question, then I'll leave you alone about it. Can you play it single player? Or do, is it solely like a multiplayer only game? It is an online only game, so you will get paired with randoms if you play by yourself. Um, but I have a buddy, I have two buddies that I actually play with, and that's the the max team size is a team size of three. So, oh, so I could play this with my boys, but right uh, on on separate consoles. No, you can play by yourself. Um, they have they have an open mic system. Um, so even if like the cool thing was, is like, even if you're in a party with somebody like an Xbox party, like, and it's cross platform. So let's say somebody that was playing on Ubisoft, uh, hopped in and they were playing on PC. I can still hear my, hear my buddy and talk to this other guy in game. Huh? Gotcha. Kind of convenient. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. So, all right, Joe, what about you? 
<clears throat> I've been playing nothing pretty much but Need for Speed Heat, and I played a little bit of um, One Piece uh, Pirate Warriors 3 for the PS4. So it's basically just a, a Musou game with One Piece characters. So it's it's a really long, it's a long game, actually. Like, I think I just beat the first world and I beat like seven or six maps and I just beat the first like actual chapter of the game. And I think there's like 14 of them. So I'm like, oh man, this is going to take forever. Now, Joe, when you play Musou games, do you do other things alongside of that or are you multitasking? Um, when I play them the first time, no, because I'm like paying attention to the story, but I'm also trying to like collect as much things as I can. But they're not like mindless to the point where I can do something else because you got to pay attention because even though you're like mindlessly killing things like I still got to like get a good time. So I can't just like mess around like most of the time when I'm playing them, I'm not going to just mindlessly kill things like I'm killing like captains or like if I'm playing Hyrule Warriors like I'm doing objectives, which are like super time based. So I'm like super focused on what I'm doing and I'm going as fast as I possibly can. And like cause some of the missions are like real stupid. It's like kill all four commanders before the first person to the first the first uh, additional reinforcement shows up on the map. So you have like three minutes to kill everybody that you could possibly kill. Like all the like major bases, you have to take them all out in three minutes. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And so you got to like go and play like earlier maps and play them over and over and over again. Just kill all the generals you can to level up as fast as you can and then come back. So it's it's just a big grind, but I mean, I enjoy them. So I mean, I bought that one on Switch and on PS4 because I think the Switch, it was like three dollars on PS4. It was like nine bucks. So bought them both. Dang. <clears throat> so I guess that uh, I am, I've gotten the most, I guess, variation of games this week out of everybody. Uh, we went heavy into VR this week. So um, I just kind of pick up where I left off last. I, guess, I played a little bit of God of War, uh, God of War 2 on PS3 last week while we were recording. Um, I have never beaten God of War 2. I have started it on the... Vita and I've started it on the PS3, but I've never actually completed the game. <clears throat> so I started it over and I was like, you know what? I'll kind of play up to where I'm, what I'm familiar with and you know, whatever. Um, I haven't touched it again since last week. I'm trying to clean up some trophy lists, but I got the platinum in Bloodshore. Uh, Bloodshore is that FMV game that I was telling you guys about last week and the week before. It's one that me and my wife have been playing together. It's like a reality TV show about a battle royale, uh, kind of in real life, if you could imagine that. It was it's very interesting. After a while, though, the endings all kind of they're all kind of the same. This one doesn't have like crazy variations of endings, but um, I mean, a couple major points change, but. Overall, uh, this one was one of those that like I couldn't get the platinum in because my wife was I was actually when I did the show with CJ at the end of last year, I was like, man, I can't get the platinum because my wife wants to see all the endings. So I'm playing it with her the other night. She falls asleep. I may or may not have slid that platinum in there. I was like, oh, dang, babe, you fell asleep when I finished it. So I knocked that out. I played another little bit of Mod Nation Racers road trip on the Vita. Um, Just kind of. Chipping away at my, uh, I can't get the platinum because the servers are shut down. Uh, but I've gotten to the point now where I think I've gotten all the trophies I'm going to get. 18 out of 47, which isn't very good. But I just, I don't know. I'm not having fun anymore. The last couple races in the game are just very frustrating. 
Like they're not um, like the first several circuits you ran were very fun to play. This section that I'm in right now, there's so many hazards and I don't know. I'm just, I just, I'm not, I'm not losing my patience with the game. So I think I'm done with it. I'm going to retire it. Um, I got the platinum and I saw black clouds, another FMV Wales interactive game. Uh, same story as this one. My wife and I played through multiple endings together, but she didn't want to finish it up, you know, until, you know, whatever she fell asleep. I got the platinum. So I was able to get two platinums this week off of the, excuse me. No, no, no. Bloodshore. I got the platinum last week. Technically. Um, uh, I saw black clouds. I got this week, uh, played some Sharknado VR. Have you guys seen Sharknado VR? I heard about it, but I never actually played it. So it's very interesting. <laughs> um, it's it's not quite as campy and as bad as the actual Sharknado movies. But the premise is the same. You kind of stand in this little open area in the middle of a couple different towns. And sharks go flying at you that are coming through the storm. And you have to shoot them. You get this giant chainsaw with like a 12-foot blade on it. Like it's the most obnoxious thing ever. You cut them up. Um, the game itself isn't bad for a VR game, but the the sound design is just terrible. And it's unfortunate because the game doesn't have... It's not a lot going on. So when the sound sucks, it's kind of like, like the, the guns don't sound good. The chainsaw doesn't sound good. Like it just... It's very flat audio, um, but right now, and I believe until the second of February, there is a under twenty dollars sale going on on PlayStation Four and Five, and this game was a dollar fifty, and worth every penny. So uh, my my kids and I played through uh, the entirety of Sharknado. I did not claim it on the backlog beatdown because I think we beat the campaign in right about an hour. Um. Yeah. According to uh, according to our the tro- our trophies, we got all of the trophy. Oh, excuse me. We beat the campaign in, in right about an hour, hour and ten minutes. So uh, I didn't claim that one because that one is a little too short for the rules that we laid down. Uh, I picked up Cave Digger Riches on VR. Uh, my kids love rock mining. Right, they love it. Anytime we can go somewhere and sift for gems and sand, or you know, uh, for his Pax's birthday, we bought him like one of these bricks that you bust open and you have to chisel all the stones out of it. My kids love it. So for five bucks on the PlayStation sale, there was a uh, cave digger game where you have to mine for gems in these caves. So we passed the headset around and did some 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 rock mining. It's actually pretty interesting. I was very impressed with like this is a simple game. There's a lot of depth to what they offer. And the actual motions you have to go through of digging, you know, you find yourself in a lot of these VR games, like, I've got a little bit of sweat going on. I've been sitting here putting in some work. And this this weekend, I've played hours and hours of VR, but I've been doing it in 10, 20-minute bursts. An overhead fan on, and then like a giant fan blowing at me. Uh, shout out to Gaz Davis, friend of the show. He, uh, he he suggested that, said that to get his sea legs with VR, he would have to put a fan on and kind of keep himself calm and cool down. And so that's helped a good bit. Um, another game we picked up for about $7 or so on the sale is called Time Carnage. I actually uh, pitched something about this in the Facebook group. 
Um, it is a Wales Interactive published game. The people who make all the FMVs that I like, but it's a first-person shooter VR game. Look like Time Crisis. It's something like that, but it's 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 you're in this little pod essentially, this little shield pod, and you've got four little stations, and you can kind of put whatever gun you want in each station. And you have to reach out and hold down a button on your on your PlayStation Move, your wand, to grab the gun. And then you you while you're holding that button, you pull the trigger. And same thing goes for your so you dual wield any kind of combination of guns you want. And you're constantly throwing them down and picking up the other ones. And as you put them down, they go through like a reload cycle. So you might have uh, shotguns, sniper rifles, uh, submachine guns, assault rifles, all this di- this different combinations, flamethrowers, miniguns, everything. And the game is freaking awesome. Like This is like an arcade game, Frankie's Fun Park style experience that like only VR can bring you at home, you know? And I was like, man, this is like getting in one of those little, you know, light gun booths and sitting there shooting all the guns or whatever. It's, it's really, really cool. Uh, we have played through that one. We actually beat it. We haven't claimed it on the backlog beatdown yet. I will, though. Um, but we've actually started to kind of go through the idea to see about getting uh, the platinum on this one. This one's going to be grindy because we beat. I mean, we probably it probably took us eight hours, roughly to beat the game. I mean, after when you, once you get to like the fifth and sixth level, things get kind of difficult. Um, but to get like gold medals and uh, on all of the, uh, on all the challenges and beat the game on hard. I mean, it's, that's going to be, that one's going to be tricky. So I don't know that we'll get the platinum, but we're going to chip away at it. We really enjoyed that one. My son has spent a um, ton of time in that game, like unlocking other weapons and perks and stuff like that. So, it's a it's a very cool game and it's just you know i sat there last night and i played you know a couple different bursts of 20 minutes at a time or so and it it didn't really make me feel sick as much as it the vr gives me a headache i get just a ridiculous headache and i don't know if it's the lenses or what but like whether i wear the quest 2 um or the playstation vr i get these these crazy vr headaches um but we're, I'm playing the game and just like pulling my guns out. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's this one level where you're in this rainforest, right? And you've got velociraptors coming at you. You've got um, triceratopses coming at you, spinosaurus, and then there's like a T-Rex. And they're coming out all over the place. So you kind of got to look left, shoot, look right, shoot. And at one point in time, I had like an assault rifle in my left hand and then a little stubby two-shot uh, short barrel shotgun in my right hand. And so as I'm you know, using my assault rifle to wave off the things that are mid, mid-range, mid something gets close to me, I pull the little shoddy out, pop them in the face, boom, done, throw it down, grab my other assault rifle, you know, and I'm dual-wielding assault rifles. And then it's like, oh, crap, I've got something flying in the background, throw it down, grab my sniper. It's just cool, man. Like, like VR provides experiences that you're not going to get just playing games, you know, and it's just, it's neat. And so what we've done is we've downloaded every VR game that we own and then bought four or five more today and yesterday. And we've just been playing VR. We're going to play VR throughout the day, all day, tomorrow too. We might even play some more VR tonight and we just pass the headset, you know, I'll play for a little while. When I start feeling sick, I'll pass it off. The kids will take turns or whatever. You die, you pass it, you beat a mission, you pass it. So it's been, it's been good. 
And uh, in the meantime, while I'm waiting on my turn in VR, uh, I've been pe- playing SpongeBob Hero Pants on the Vita. Have any of you guys played any of the SpongeBob games? Nope. Um, Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. I played a little bit of it. How is that? That's not bad. It's like a it's like a three D platformer where you collect shells and stuff like that. That's essentially what this is. Three D platformer. You collect uh, coins and things. And um, the trophy guide says it takes about ten hours to platinum. You got to beat the game with SpongeBob. Then you're gonna have to go back with each character on each different level to get the, clean up the collectibles. Certain doors only certain characters can go through. And so. I've been chipping away at that one. I've had it on my shelf. I've got this like shelf of Vita games and there's so many different, um, so many different, you know, Vita games I've never even opened. I've never tried. And this was one that I was like, you know what? Uh, while I'm sitting here, I need something to kind of take my mind off of VR and kind of like, I don't know, something different, something that wasn't difficult, something that was just kind of, you know, I can pick up and go with. And it's pretty, pretty random. I got like five or six Vita games that I've got my eye on that like I really want to play, but they're going to be like really long. And so this is one that I was like, you know what? I've never played it. I'm going to put it in, give it a shot. Sure enough, I've had fun with it. And then the last game I want to bring up that I've been playing is Hunt Showdown. Have any of you guys seen Hunt Showdown? Yeah, it's pretty freaking cool. I've seen it. I, I, I'd never played it. I heard about it before there was like a big push for it, dude. Yeah, so it's a Crytek game. So the people that make Crisis, the game is very cool. It's a first-person shooter horror game uh, with battle royale tendencies, and I would also say it has the Dark Zone from um, what's that game trick he always plays? The Division. Uh, Division. The Dark. So so very much like the extraction style, like get your loot and get out like the Dark Zone. So essentially what it is is this. You're in teams of two or three, and you drop down into these fields. The setting is like 1800s, you know, like older style rifles and things like that um, with a little bit of like dark fantasy magic stuff going on. And you're like uh, monster hunters, essentially. So you dress up your characters. It has lots and lots of in-game currency, unlockable things. Like it's a very grindy game. Very much like I could see this going free to play one day. Realistically, uh, I bought it because it, it, you know it's a horror game at its core. And I bought it a year or two ago, and not long after it came out. And I never had anyone to play it with, so I tried it. I don't know. I think I tried it later last year. You know, maybe. Three quarters throughout the year, I tried it, and like the opening, like song, the instrumental is so amazing. And uh, but it's a cool game. And essentially, what you do is you drop in with your crew, and you have to you're, you're maybe one or two guys, uh, three teams max. But you you have to find these clues, these magic, essentially these like almost like spirits that kind of hover around. You have to find these clues. All throughout the map are things that want to kill you. There's zombies. There's like these witches that have like these plague flies flying around them that poison you there's these giant like half rotted destroyed zombie men creatures that have these leeches crawling all over the ground there's there's all kinds of creatures uh dogs everything is is bloodborne style like trying to kill you and you drop down these maps and you have to search for loot and search for areas uh for these clues once you get the clues you can then kind of 
figure out which area of the map, the maps are huge, that the the big bad, the big monster is. Well, your goal is to find the monster, kill it, extract the gear or the you know essence or whatever, banish the monster to hell, and then get out of there. Ext- you know, hit your extraction point and get out of there with your loot. Tangentially to your team dropping in, there's other teams that are dropping in with the same objective. So you could, in theory, team up together, take out the enemy, and then turn on each other. Or you could all extract together, share the loot, whatever. So it's a very interesting premise. And it is all built around the idea of like sneaking around, trying to kill stuff without making too much noise to alert the other teams. And it gets very, very intense. We've been playing it. I actually bought a, so I bought a copy of it for my, my, for my two sons. And then I bought a copy for my son's best friend who lives in a different state. Um, and so that we could all play it online together. So we have four of us potentially to play, but at any given time, you know, there's three teams of three. So today what we were doing is me and my youngest run a team, my brother, I mean, me, my son and his uh, friend run a team. And we would drop into a map and we work together all in a party until the end. The problem is we never make it to the end together. We're always getting killed by other players that are just like been playing the game for forever. But the game gets kind of scary and kind of intense. And you go through these swamplands a bunch. And what was really cool is this one part got me. Like I was, I went through probably six different like mud puddles, swamps, whatever. Some areas bigger than others. And I kept waiting on something to jump out and grab me. Nothing, nothing. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this game doesn't have alligators or creatures in the water. No sooner than I let my guard down, some tentacle creature jumps out of the water and grabs me, scared the crap out of me. And of course, you know, when we're playing games together, if you get scared, you got to say that you're a scared little weenie. So definitely was a scared little weenie today. Totally got me. Um, this one's going to be a grind. I don't know that if, you know, I don't know this will ever be a platinum. Uh, I did get a few trophies. We got one that was really cool today. Uh, you could go and hide in like a porta john, like a, like a, like an outdoor toilet. <laughs> and, uh, the trophy's called do not disturb. So, um, we're playing in my youngest son. He screams trophy. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How'd you get a trophy? He goes, dad, it's called do not disturb. Go hide in the toilet. <laughs> so sure enough, I go in the little, um, in the outhouse and pop a trophy. That's perfect. So yep, that's me. That's what I've been playing. A nice diverse stack of all kinds of whatever. So <laughs> I haven't really focused on anything yet, um, but we're going to be doing a lot of bouncing around. So, uh, you guys want to head on over to the leaderboards? Yes, sir. We'll head on over to the leaderboards, and we'll start with the True Trophies leaderboard. Get it. All right. So, in first place, Affectatious Donk with 522 trophies this week. Killing Ken Duo. And second place, we got Redbeard Rick with 60 trophies playing Astro's Playroom. That's a big drop from 522 to 60. Right. And Resident Daryl in third place with uh, 50 trophies in Time Carnage. Yep. Last one was in Time Carnage. And then we'll go down to fifth. Uh, Gaz Davis with 38 trophies playing some Golf Club Wasteland. Yeah. And- uh, shout out to Gaz. He actually popped the platinum for PGA uh, 2K21 this week. I saw that. 
That's a that's a big one. Yep. And then we got MZ Nitro coming in with 19 trophies and Chess Ultra. Uh, MZ, you're gonna have to step it up, brother. Those rookie I, numbers. I don't even think I'm on here this week. Oh no, I lied. I'm on here this week. I have eight trophies from last from last week's show. There you go. But I'm I'm, I'm down a ways. So it's probably time to throw you in another trophy competition so you can get your numbers up. <sighs> Negative, Ghost Rider. I got to beat 100 games this year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and yeah. someone's already beaten me by by three games. So. Yeah, you gotta, All you gotta right. crack on you gotta crack at it, man. Get at it and friggin' can't make him look you make you look like a chump. Man, this week's been been, been cold and miserable. Mm-hmm. And I have come home and cuddled up under a blanket and done nothing. Hey, we got snow, man. We got about I know, two or three I inches of snow. Everybody, everybody was posting about it on Facebook. They're like, hey, we haven't snowed like this in eight years. And I'm just like, yeah, hey, that was the last time I was home. <laughs> Dude, it was uh, it's crazy because uh my son, my youngest, has never seen snow. Like, he never got to experience this. So we we had, dude, for about two or three hours last night, we had snowball fights. Um, We got up this morning, and they played out there outside for forever. I made a big old breakfast for everybody. And the kids, they started to build a snowman, but then they kept sabotaging each other. But we had, like, two or three good inches of snow. And, of course, it's all melted now. Right. It was good. All right. Swinging over to the True Achievements leaderboard. In first place, we got the Alpha Seagull with 570 achievement points. Uh, last achievement was in Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered. I, I just bought that last night. Uh, if, if you've if never played Assassin's Creed Rogue, that is a good one to play. It's the still the old style of of Assassin's Creed, like the stealth drop down, kill people, parkour, whatever, right. and where they didn't change the combat system to the new, the the, the most recent games. Um, but it, um, it has that black flag ship combat and you know what everybody loved about black flag. They released this game the same time they released unity. So on the X, uh, okay. Xbox yeah, yeah. one and the PS4, you got Assassin's Creed unity on the PS3 and Xbox 360. You got, black fly i mean um uh, rogue so i bought unity when it came out and it was broken and at the time i still really enjoyed assassin's creed games and so i was like all right well i went to the red box and rented rogue and loved that game but like that was one that nobody freaking played because it was right there on that changing of the generation yeah so now that it's remastered and out on the four and five I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I hadn't bought it yet. Actually, I had I owned the game on PS3, and I was like, "Well, I'm just going to go finish up my trophy list." But then I was like, "You know what? I'm not. I'm not really going to do that. Let's play through it on PS, you know, four and five. So it's dope. Highly recommend that game. I'll have to look into that. In second place, we got I'm styling on your bro with 320 achievement points playing Gears War three. Get it. And then in third place, we got Resident Daryl. Doesn't count. Uh, last eight achievements were in Rogue Company. 290 gamer score, and he didn't play any of that. So uh, he's omitted for the week. Okay, okay. Whoa. <laughs> I was present. <laughs> was it you playing the game? Look, man, we passed Did the controller achievements. Look, hey, I can't. I I can't we're going to we're make a rule next year about passing controllers. No, yeah. no, yeah, no, because no. we give Tricky so much crap. Tricky cheese, though. <laughs> You're passing controllers. You pass a controller to somebody and got hey, you know and what? got on the leaderboard for not playing a game. 
I was playing. Sometimes yeah, you were, yeah, you were playing. You were playing the work in the background. Look here, look here. First off, there's no witnesses. Second off, like the old school way of playing was, you all sat on the couch together and you passed the controller. What I have tried to instill in my children is that that doesn't have to die. Just because you have access to your own PlayStation or Xbox doesn't mean you can't sit down together as a family and pass the controller. So look, sure, maybe sometimes the controller's not in my hand when it, when it pops. Maybe it pops late. You know, we don't know. I don't know. You don't know. You know what I'm saying? Phil don't know. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. Yeah. You, keep tell, you keep telling yourself. Yep. Hi, Bro Tricky, Company you know, is dope, nice by the way. I know. I played it on launch. It's really good. It's way better now, I think, personally. But, like, the game looks better. Like, graphically, it looks really good. Plays really good. Pops achievement's pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> In fourth place, we got GDI Master Ace with 285 achievement points, playing Nobody Saves the World. I don't hear it. I don't hear y'all auditing his count. Yeah, it's because he actually legitimately earns his. And in fifth place, <laughs> Redbeard Rick with 175 achievement points playing Unpacking. And then since Daryl got omitted, we're actually going to move Redbeard Rick up to fourth place, uh, Master Ace up to third place. And then in fifth, so in the true fifth place spot, the Bearded Nerd with 165 achievement points playing Warframe. Oh, I, that's what this is about. That's what this is about. You just want your. Name right on the show. Hmm. And I mean, you actually, you read my name every time we start the show. So there you go. Uh, and actually, so surprisingly popping up this week, who doesn't usually pop up on the Xbox leaderboards because he is playing game pass on his PC. That would be Parsifal 2528. Mr. Levi himself playing some fallout Four. So I'm glad to actually see him on the leaderboard again after a very long hiatus. Yeah. Hey, man. Man's got to go in there every now and again. I mean, he had a breach in the compound, so. That's Uh, that's true. COVID. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yep. The the, 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 the the naughty word, the one we're not allowed to actually talk about. That's why I just said a breach. I know if he wanted the information out there. Oh, yeah. You over here dropping all that that government info. The, he, he, I, I don't know. It's the. It's the Omni Voodoo variant. That's what it is. <laughs> Omicron. Had it for fifteen minutes. Does he still think I it's a masterpiece? Am Optimus Prime. <laughs> Omicron. I so, am Omicron, the destroyer Omicron. of the United States. Uh, oh well, the whole world, I would say. Actually, yeah. not not so much a destroyer, more so uh, a nuisance. Yeah, I agree. The unemployer of many. No. But all right, moving on moving on from our uh the, our our disease of the week. Um yeah, so that's everything on the true achievements and true trophies leaderboards. Nice. So nice. we swing into some community questions. Well, hang on. Let's uh let's give an update on the old backlog beatdown. So I like I said, I haven't claimed one of those games yet so i'm gonna i'm gonna read it as is but understand i'm probably being being everybody just in case you're wondering this was a good week though we had a lot of people turning in some games your boy resident daryl might have got some points on the board i don't know so in first place for the blb3 we got cj anderson with uh 23 points we have uh diego with 17 points 
We got Resident Daryl with 14 points. Gareth Davis and Joseph Priestley tied for 12. JT with nine. Redbeard Rick with six. Now, now I didn't add Astro actually yet. So, so Rick and I both have two extra points. But you know, oh, actually, he's got three extra points. Platted it, yeah, yeah. Now you got Alex with three. I yield to no one with three. Jim with two. Homer with two. I'm styling your bro with two. James the nerd with two. Kali with two. Uh, the Levi the franchise killer with two. Uh, MZ with two. Uh, Noah the Builder with two, Spider Packs with two, Tricky Mick with two, and Zach with two. So you still not updated my other two games that I've posted? I did update it. That's a lie. <laughs> you only got two points, man. I, I don't. I, the, the facts, the the sheet don't lie, my friend. Okay, uh-huh. I mean, it lies for me, but it doesn't lie for. Well, you know, I'll just make sure I hashtag BLB three. <laughs> you know what? And, and, and I, I, actually, from now on, there's a clause in the sheet, right? In the the formula of the sheet that when you when you you know call shenanigans on your boy and have him removed from the leaderboard, you automatically get disqualified a few points. I, I can't. I didn't make the sheet. Okay, somebody else made the sheet. How you gonna How you gonna let Tricky win like that? You let Tricky beat me right now because you have because you're missing my other four points. Tricky, Tricky is ahead on you. So yeah, so you're letting you. Tricky beat me right now. We'll see. How you, we'll how you see. let him win like that? Well, hey man, Tricky's beating you. I can't, I can't help. That's it's official. It's it's in the books. We'll see what next week looks like. Okay. Yeah. Also, tag me in your post so that I won't forget. All right. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, Levi did that too. Like, uh, it's, I don't know. I mean, I've got it set up to where if the back if the backlog beatdown gets a post in it, it gives me a notification. Uh, but Levi was like commenting on the thread. He goes, "What's the man got to do to get an update around here?" And I'm like, "Post it on the right damn page." Well, like, <laughs> he did that time. Yeah, he goes, uh, "Are we supposed to post them here?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's what the page is for, Levi. Come on, man. You can post like, them on anywhere you want. I will uh, find it eventually." We made a group and if I don't, for people to post, and then they post them everywhere else. I'm like, point of this group again? Uh, uh, you know, I may have been guilty of doing that last time, so I'm going to refrain. I'm going to start like, being like, no, your points don't count because you don't follow the rules and post them where you're supposed to post them. There you go. Joe's going to be our enforcer. So that's what we'll do. So uh, JT will be the judge and jury, and then um, Joe will be the enforcer. He'll take you to jail for doing it wrong. The enforcer. See, you see now Arn Anderson. There, there you go. There you go. Pulling there out guns go. everywhere. Sun's out, guns out. All right. Community questions. You nerds ready? I'm always ready for some community questions. All right. So this week I threw a post out and I said, Hey, if you have an opinion on this, you know, Activision acquisition, you know, share it in the thread. Also, we have a special guest coming on, throw some questions out there. So I do believe by giving people the co- the a- opportunity to comment about Activision, they really, that, that kind of, well, that was where the focus went. So, but it worked out good because we only had a small amount of time with our guests. So we wouldn't read your questions anyways, nerds. William Ridgway writes in, he says, uh, I'll be honest, outside of Overwatch, I don't uh, care. He doesn't care at all. He's like, F it. I don't give an, I don't care. He says uh, he doesn't care if Overwatch doesn't have um, an idea what they'll do as far as gameplay goes. Uh, they have said the 5v5 or 6v6 upgrade abilities from boxes and then quotes Battlefront 2 again. 
Uh, and a story mode that will also be uh, multiplayer tied in. Warzone will be cross-platform, already confirmed. And he says, I think Sony doesn't care uh, because they will make money from those microtransactions. He says, COD is the highest-selling um, game, but most people, uh, most people he knows uh, don't get a PlayStation to play Call of Duty. I think the only other thing is if they do another Doom, uh, they would kind of wound up with like a remake. Uh, sorry, I'm reading it as it was written. So if it doesn't make sense, it, uh, don't hate the messenger. Um, he said, uh, it is a loss, uh, but not as much as people think. In terms of exclusives, those uh, will be many years out because Sony's existing contracts will still be honored. Uh, and if there uh, are huge damages for breaking them. So, an actual exclusive is probably three to five years out. So that is his thoughts on this Activision acquisition. What do you guys think? Um, well, I think that it was definitely a big step in a odd direction, I guess is a good way to say. I wouldn't say they're trying to necessarily monopolize because if you kind of break down and see like all the major developers that are actually in the market, there's way more outside of the market and on the sunny side than Microsoft owns, but Microsoft does own some big names. Um, and Activision Blizzard did approach them. That actually was confirmed. They approached them about buying them. So I, I wouldn't necessarily write it off as, Hey, this was, this, this was necessarily malicious, but I can definitely see Warzone's going to stay. Um, but it's going to be kind of awkward. Uh, because in Warzone, to level up your guns in any type of like quick facet, you have to have the main game. So when they implemented Vanguard into Warzone to level up the Vanguard guns and get them higher so you can get more attachments on them, you had to play Vanguard to use those in Warzone. It, that's the only way it made it worth it. So basically you're saying if you don't have the main games accessible on every platform, that even the free-to-play game that would most likely stay on every platform might not be utilized to its full potential. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I can see Call of Duty games becoming Xbox exclusives as soon as any contractual obligations are are done. There's there's no way that Microsoft doesn't do that. If you know from a business standpoint, if they don't do that, they're stupid. Um, it, 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 it is one of the largest selling games. If they decide to be nice to Sony, then they're stupid. Well, you know, <clears throat> my, my thoughts on it are, it could go either way, which is not very much a, an opinion, but with the fact that that's the call of duty is always the highest selling game, you know, on the PlayStation console. It's like if you decide, I, what will happen is it will go to Game Pass, one thousand percent. You don't spend sixty nine billion dollars, and these games not all go to Game Pass. So, right, you're going to sway a large portion of that player base. You know, will it stay? Will it still you know be the number one selling game on PlayStation? I I can't imagine it would. You know, Call of Duty and Xbox were like synonymous back in the three sixty generation, and the PS four generation. You know, that became very much PlayStation's thing that you all of the marketing had PlayStation on it. People played Call of Duty on PlayStation. And ever since then, it's been the highest selling game on the PlayStation's always Call of Duty. Now, here we are into the PS5 generation. 
And Sony's been paying, I'm sure, a pretty penny to keep that, you know, those exclusive map packs, the time DLC. So obviously when those contracts run out, it's it's anybody's game. If it was me, I mean, you saw they just did this with Starfield. Starfield had the most hype out of all of Bethesda stuff, you know, right now. And they, at first they were like, ah, you know, games that have an existing lineage, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, we may, we may not. Boom, Starfield's exclusive. <laughs> you know, and it's like they kind of skirted that line until all of the dust was settled, all the contracts were signed, and they're like, boom. You know, and the thing is, they have been very, very straightforward. We're pushing Game Pass as the, that's our new thing. And they want you to have Game Pass more than they want you to have an Xbox. That has been very clear for several years now. And I think that, like, what is realistically before Activision's acquisition, before Blizzard's, I mean, I don't even worry about Blizzard as much. It's, it's the, to me, the key player on the board is Call of Duty. And I say this, you know, they were skirting the 18 million to 25 million dollar, a million uh, subscriber mark up to this point, right? That's including the, um, Bethesda acquisition. They've already bought Minecraft, right? One of the biggest games in existence. They buy right. Bethesda. Huge fan base comes with that, right? But yet, realistically, Game Pass still isn't propped up for success. You know, it's it, all reports are, have come out. They're hemorrhaging money, all right? We know they're losing money, but it ain't about making money yet. It's about establishing dominance and setting up this thing to be successful in the long term. I mean, but, it's, it's some BS, though. But realistically, even with 30 million subs, you know, the rumor has always been 50 million subs and this thing starts making money. 50 million subs and this thing is set up for the long term. How, how Realistically, how do you how do you secure that number? You're going to have to have the biggest and most played games out there. Having EA Play is a plus. But there's still tiers of the subscription service that don't give you the EA Play. You got to have the ultimate. What do you do? You go for the big boy. You get Call of Duty, you you win. Your subscription service is set in stone. There's no way, there's no world in which Game Pass doesn't stay successful and hit that 50 million subscriber mark without with, without having Call of Duty on it. Call of Duty on there. If, if you said right now the new Call of Duty is playable for free with your Game Pass subscription. I mean, that's millions of people that are just going to pay the sub price and they'll stay there for the multiplayer. They'll, they'll stay. Yep. I mean, I mean yeah. Millions. I mean, it makes sense. Times, yeah. but, I mean, I, mean it, I think it was like a predator. Some of it was predatory. I mean, when you're like, and I know I said this a little bit when Sean was on, like it, it's, it seemed like, you know, you're kicking a company while they're down. Yeah. They might've gone, gone to them and been like, Hey, you want to buy us? But like, that's only because they couldn't fix their image. That like, and they still had Bobby. I I think personally that like that you, like you can't that that guy's been there for thirty years. He owns a overwhelming stake in the company. I mean, Bobby Kotick is Activision. Only way to get lo- him out: sell the company. Exactly. Exactly. The yeah, exactly other alternative. The other alternative would have been to rebrand and then put everything under King. You got Blizzard was dead in the water. Their games are going to sell because of the heritage and lineage they have. But Blizzard as an image has been dead in the water for a while. And it's been misstep after misstep after misstep. Then this stuff with Activision is getting worse and worse and worse. And then all this stuff coming out about people that Bobby Cody have threatened over the years. I mean, like, 
they were propped up to take a nosedive. Would it put the company under? I don't think for a second it would. But I do think before the shareholders start really losing money, I've been thinking, I've been kind of marinating on this one. I've been putting together all these different podcasts I've listened to and all these different angles and, and articles that are out there and all these different, you know, talking heads and how they've been putting their spin on it and all like uh, these lawyers and stuff that have done interviews. And it's like, I've been sitting here marinating on this thing. Like, wow, like, you know, and then when it was like, when the rumor came out, I didn't know it was confirmed yet that like, that they actually proposed, they actually re- reached out to Microsoft. I was like, oh, that's how you do it right there. Because the board had already said they were going to back up Co- uh, Bobby Kodak and whatever he decided. Bobby said that if he couldn't fix the image of the company, he would step down. But he is the image. You know, like he would have to leave for this to start to change. So how do you make, how do you, how do you fix that? Oh, you just sell, sell, sell why it's still hot before it takes a dive. Everybody makes a mint. Bobby goes home. Micro, you know, and then now Xbox has the the number one game to keep people coming to that subscription. It's you, almost uh, like paying Bobby to leave, though. It's like, yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. It's like, oh, yeah, you fucked up, but we're going to give you money. Oh, man, he was going to make billions of dollars <laughs> regardless. <laughs> he stayed or he left. Like, I mean, oh. he, he was going to get bought out if he didn't, you know, like, like, thanks for fucking us over. Here's a nice severance package on the way out. Like, uh, what? Like, (laughs) but dude, I mean, like it just makes so much more sense, you know, in my opinion, it's like, holy crap, you know, now Xbox has the the keys to the castle. They have the tools for success. It is their game to lose now, you know, like before, I mean, don't get me wrong, Bethesda is huge, but I don't think Bethesda is in the same conversation as Call of Duty, Bethesda as a whole can't touch call of duty uh elder scrolls 6 is going to touch call of duty's record elder scrolls 110%. 6 won't outsell call of duty though it'll never it will, happen it, it, as a solo title so if we if we picked out like a solo title from a call from the call of duty franchise that had the most sales elder scrolls 6 will outsell that game bro i guarantee too it. many bro gamers out there <sighs> well, not, it's not even bro gamers it's just casual people that's their that's their game that's their sport you know that's their thing like uh you know, it's, uh, I just, I mean, unless they big okay. titty streamers too. Hey, hey man, you got to have hot tubs and call of duty to make money in this business. Exactly. I mean, so yeah, check, Sean said it himself. Yeah. So, so okay. I'll humor you for a minute there, Zach. Let's say you have the best elder scrolls versus the worst call of duty. All right. How many years do you go in between elder scrolls games? Uh, well, too many. Exactly. How many years do you go without a call of duty? never year. You, you don't you know there's only it's only yeah. happened twice since the franchise started and so you know i maybe maybe not even twice it might have only been once but either, either way like call of duty is it's the big boy it's the big leagues that's where it's all at i mean like that's and microsoft was just like yeah we have they have that now that's in their toolbox <laughs> like yeah they're like sony couldn't buy a company now i mean I don't think Sony could, if Sony bought EA and Ubisoft, I just don't think, at least money wise, it doesn't compare, you know, like Call of Duty was the monster and now it's, it's, it's back home with, with Xbox. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Sony will touch EA, but Square Enix or Ubisoft is a different story. Um, do you have the notes brought up right now? I do. 
Can you read the next question while I do a, a quick Google search for some for some uh, an interesting part of the conversation? Yeah. Uh, so the next question it comes from Matt G. While I think the merger is good for competition between Microsoft and Sony, I am also concerned since it's pushing Game Pass subs. It's just another step closer to the edge of us no longer being able to own our own games. I think Game Pass is great, but do y'all think this will continue down the slippery slope of eliminating physical games? Joe, what do you think? I mean, I don't even know what to say. I want to hear what you have to say first. Um, so I I do think it is because honestly, there it's I don't buy I don't I don't find myself buying physical games all that often anymore. Just for the simple fact that I do have Game Pass and PlayStation Now. So like any of the games, like I, there's there's so many games that I haven't played. So many games I haven't played. So like, why am I going to go out and buy a physical copy of this game if I can just play it here? The only time that I ever do that is if there's a game that I really want to play that I can't get on Game Pass. Or if it's a game that I like for like Naruto, for example, I own all of the games on my Xbox. There's no reason for me to buy on a Switch. I bought a different platform because I like the game. I like the the company that made them and I wanted to support them in that way. You know, it's it, that it's what it all boils down to at the end of the day anymore is the the physical copies of the games are going to be sold to the people that care about buying physical copies, which isn't today's society necessarily today's society is uh is very built around instant gratification especially in the gaming world if if you can get it and download it now and play it now then then that's what you're gonna do yeah i would have to say um i think that although this is good for competition you know making microsoft just so much stronger compared to Sony now. Um, I just think that they, I think game pass as a whole and PlayStation now as a premise are inevitably leading us to the Netflix style, Amazon prime subscriptions, Disney plus or whatever, where like the overwhelming majority of people will not own their games. And I think that I've been against this since day one, even though I have remained a subscriber to both of these services, because there are games there that I don't own. There's games that you can't own physically anyways. I mean, there's when I like a game, I buy it. I buy it on uh, digital or physical. Uh, I, I lean towards physical more than anything. I've got hundreds of hundreds of games. Um, I bought, um, I probably bought a dozen games this weekend. I think I missed as you guys said, I bought five games. I think I bought five yeah. games today and I bought a couple of them last night. So like I buy a lot of games and if I like something, I'm going to buy it. And I like, I buy my movies physical. I have a, just movies out the yang here. Uh, I do not like being in a position to where I have the time to consume something. And then the internet won't allow me to, I, I, I any, any opportunity for something like if I, uh, the next step is going to be having my own power station, you know, to where like if the power goes out on our grid, I can then, you know, power up everything I need so I can. Yeah. I'm just one of those people that like, I don't like a barrier between me and my thing. And I feel like having everything attached to a digital leash or a rental service, if you will, is not, that's not the way I want to do things. Now, 
Um, but I do think that's the future. I think that's where we're going. We've gone that way with every other form of, you know, of entertainment. You know, I use tr- predominantly, I use Spotify for my music. And when I like an album, I'll buy it and I'll listen to it on, you know, my, on Apple, you know, like the actual MP3s that I own because the sound quality is so much better and so much louder. But for the most part, I keep Spotify on all day long. I listen to podcasts. I listen to music. I do playlists or whatever, you know, I listen to all the, I mean, that's, that's my thing. Like most everyone uses Netflix, Hulu, Disney plus, or Amazon prime anymore. And I, although I do enjoy those things, I buy, you know, my movies and my TV series when I, when I really like something. So just before the show, I, I redeemed the digital code for, uh, for monster hunter of the movie. I bought, I bought the movie. We enjoyed it enough, but like, I, like having voodoo up on all of our TVs. We all have smart TVs so that in the event you're in a, you don't have access to one of the Blu-ray players because not every TV has a Blu-ray player on it. Yeah. Boom. You can still have access to your movies. So I like the idea of them existing and they have their place in my opinion, but is it the slippery slope? Yes. This is the inevitable end of, and it will phase out physical games, at least in the way that digital music phased out CDs and and albums. There will always be that community of people that keeps it alive, but it will not be the majority. And I don't think it's the majority now. I think just recently, um, I think a matter of fact, during COVID, it was the first time that digital sales outsold physical in general. So, yeah, it just shows like an ease of like what digital media can provide you. Like, you can do so much more with a digital library than you can with a physical library. It's it's crazy. Like, I can amass a giant digital library that doesn't take up any space, but a physical library takes up a fuck ton of space. Yeah, it does. And like, you need because I know because I have a game room. So <laughs> same. It's it's you know like we all have to reach that point where we go okay, I got to go digital. Like yeah. when I had my 3DS, like, or, and I had my DS and my Game Boy, I loved physical games, loved them, had hundreds of cartridges. But what I learned from owning a lot of physical media is I would trade it in and wouldn't keep any of it. And I would hate myself for it like years later. Mm-hmm. So I told myself like with my PS4, like no matter what games I buy physical or what games I buy digital, especially physical, I'm not trading them in. It was the first generation where I didn't trade any single game in that I own the entire generation. I have every single PS4 game that I bought since the moment I bought my PS4. Like I've never, I've never sold one. And I'm going to do the same thing with PS5. If I ever buy a PS5 game, because I think I only own one PS5 game in the year I've had in the almost year I've had my PS5. I own, I think like MLB a show. And that's the only PS5 game I own physically. The rest are all PS4 to PS5 upgrades. So I take advantage of that program. I think it's a really cool program. And I just like collecting PS4 games. I don't know. So I'll continue doing that. But I, I, Daryl has a point. You know, digital media is taking over. It's, it's sad because, you know, collectors like, you know, you and myself are going to have a harder time getting physical media. If it's going to prices of physical media are going to rise. Yeah, that's going to suck. It's going to suck royally. Like, I don't want to pay $25 for, you know, um, fucking my little pony's magical ride like that's ridiculous like that game shouldn't be that much money 
but that's what's gonna happen like that shit's gonna happen and movies are is a slippery slope like i i see where you're at where like you want to have everything on everything and you want to have your physical you want to have your digital but like i don't know everything eventually goes to streaming services at this point so i can't buy a movie like in good faith anymore unless i actually it's like it's like I don't like that argument for video games because I feel like people should own video games. They should like streaming services are like, why would you want to like like Levi had this happen to him? And I thought it was kind of funny because like he's a super Game Pass supporter. and He's like, oh, shit, the game left Game Pass. Now I want to finish it. So now I have to buy it. I go, you get what you pay for. That's the th- that's what Game Pass is like. You don't you, they're not your games. It's a rental service. It's yep. a rental service. Correct. It's like you you don't get to keep anything. And I, I like keeping my games because I like to always just pop it in and play it. But what people don't realize is we're also in a very interesting place in gaming as well and in media as well, where um, we don't really own anything because everything's tied to a server anyway for updates and stuff. So like it when play when we go to play PlayStation 4 in like 10 years when the servers aren't up anymore, like all those games are going to play like trash. Because they're not going to have updates, they're not going to have anything, and you're not, you're not, you might not even be able to play them. Like people don't realize that's what's wrong with like games in general now is they're all tied to updates and and things that you can't, you have no control over. Nothing's a complete copy anymore when you get it. Like it's not a Nintendo cartridge where I can put it in fifty years later and it'll still be the same game. Right. It's yep. just it's it's a real issue. Like, and no, I think I, that's the thing people have to open their eyes to that they're dealing with now. I think the Master Chief Collection, and my, I, I've told that story so many times, but like that, that is proof right there that like <clears throat> when you update that game, it just deletes the entire game off the disc and reinstalls the 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 full version because that game, what is on the disc, is so broken and so far away from the game you're actually trying to play. It's just that most of the content's not even on the disc. Yeah, I agree. That's that, and that again. That's a problem. Like it's like, it's like when when games when games become like CD keys. Like you remember CD keys? Yep. Yeah, that's what like games are becoming, and it's a joke. It's like it's just basically a CD key, and the, and the rest of the game you just download. It's like yep. why do we have to download? Why do we have to install a game onto a system? And then the system still sounds like a fucking jet when I play it. <laughs> yes. Makes no absolute sense. That is None. the truth. So. It's because it's uh, it's it. Well, we all know it's just an access key. It's like it's disgusting. They're just access keys because it's like, it's like oh, I still have to download a sixty gig install for a game I own on disc. You're blowing Um, my mind here. Yeah. Well, (laughs) so here's some numbers to blow your mind. All right. So I did a quick Google search. Now a couple caveats. There are not as many Elder Scrolls games as there are Call of Duty games, but right. Call of Duty games come out every year instead of having these long, you know, development cycles. Uh, this does not include any kind of microtransactions. This ain't about a dollar amount because there's a c- clear winner on that one. Um, there, uh, the Elder Scrolls series as a whole, including spinoffs, has sold somewhere in the ballpark of fifty-eight million units. Mm-hmm. All right. Call of Duty as a series has sold over 400 million units. So there is, um, <laughs> that's a big discrepancy. <laughs> um, again, there's not as many of one, but the other one doesn't have near as long of development cycles. So it is, uh, 
they're they're two different beasts. But I think when you're talking about like, you know, just general who's coming to the table to pick up this particular title, um, I, I don't think Xbox could have bought a better or bigger player in the game. I mean, essentially, no, you I just bought yourself like, an ace. Yeah. Yeah. No, they bought Call of Duty and they bought Overwatch. Overwatch is still like to this day, still one of the largest esport communities in the world. Yep. And and they got Diablo. You know what I'm saying? Think about like just the fan base and the fervor that comes around a Diablo game. I like nothing that Activision puts out sells less than millions of copies. You know, right. and you know, the elephant in the room is they bought Spyro and they bought Crash Bandicoot. That's yeah. Those are PlayStation like household names, right? Like when you look at Spyro, yeah, sure he hasn't been owned by Sony in a long time, but like when you look at at, at Spyro and you look at Crash, like those are I resonate with that. That's that's, that's, that's Sony. Oh yeah, one hundred ten percent. It was part of my childhood. You know, Crash Bandicoot was a big part of my childhood. I actually like a lot of people don't know. I started on PlayStation. My first console that I ever owned that was mine was a was a PlayStation One. So, well, they, uh, they definitely, I mean, I, I, I think it's good on them, right? Real. I mean, at the end of the day, I haven't, yeah, you know, I, I have been trying to figure out like how I feel about it, but they, I think it's cool, man. I think, I think that what we're getting ready to see now is going to be wild and exciting because, you know, Microsoft ain't playing around. I've been making jokes. I've been posting memes. I've been making memes. You know, so I feel like playing around no more. He's tired of losing. And I think that we're getting ready to see the most aggressive Microsoft we've ever seen. And uh, I think we're going to see like, like this is what happens when Microsoft gets behind Xbox, and instead of Microsoft just owns Xbox. Well, you know? I mean, Xbox doesn't exist anymore. It's well, Microsoft I mean, Gaming now. It's not Xbox Gaming. He's not the head of Xbox Gaming. He's the head of Microsoft Gaming. You just got a bigger purse, man. They're just they're just dropping Xbox from everything. Like like they're getting rid of the stigmatism that is Xbox, which is probably the smartest thing they could ever do. Like when they re- when they make their next console or next box, they have to not call it the Xbox. They figure it out a better name because that has a lot of stigmatism attached to it. Well, like I, a I don't lot know of like second uh, place loserdom. Well, I don't know that they'll get rid of the box so much because if you look at the way that they're marketing things, it's like yeah, Microsoft Gaming. You know, they just revamped Windows 11 and it's got Microsoft Gaming like plugged in at every aspect and yep. I keep getting these little surveys like, Hey, how are you liking Microsoft gaming and, and you're gaming here. And, um, you know, game pass doesn't have Xbox in the name. I think Xbox is going to be the box. And then Microsoft is going to be the brand. I think that, you know, you can buy the box if you want to use it, but I mean, they've been very, very open about like, Hey, the way we push gaming forward, f- at least for them is going to be through Microsoft. And I think that, you know, having, you know, the head of Microsoft being on board with that has really already showed itself. And then we're talking, we're, it's January, dude. It's January. This is, this, they're starting the year off with this. Who knows what it's going to look like by the end of the year. And they, and the thing was, is reportedly they only spent half the money that they've allotted for acquisitions. They're not done. That's absolutely, that's savage that they've only spent half the money. Half the money, like half, yeah, they're cool. not done yet. It's like pocket change. Like, hey, cool, we just bought, we just spent sixty nine billion dollars. Yeah, that's pocket change. Hey, you know? when they when they bought uh, Bethesda, they hadn't even they didn't even spend all of their quarterly profit for that that t- for that 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 quarter. 
<laughs> they didn't even spend all their profit. They're not not to mention the money they just had on reserve. It, you know, they, they're just like, oh no, we made we made more than we spent that quarter. You know what sucks? It just sucks knowing that like we may never get another Crash Bandicoot or another Spyro or another Tony Hawk on a PlayStation console. That's it's oh, just no. bad. Unless, unless PlayStation says, yeah, you will take Game Pass. That's yeah, going to yeah. happen because they it's have gonna, to yeah. do that. At this point, I feel like they have to do it because they have to put their hands, their, their, you know, their tail between their legs and be like, listen, let's play ball. And they have to do it sooner than later because if they don't, the price is just going to keep going up. Well, here's what I want. Uh, here's what I'm hoping for. This is what I think. And I, who knows? We'll see. Again, by the time this show airs, I could sound really stupid. I mean, I'm going to sound stupid regardless, but I, I, mean, I could be really foolish. I'm hoping that this announcement they're going to make tomorrow is them leaning into their backwards compatibility. Because the thing that PlayStation has, you know, that no one else has is their iconic back catalog, their library. Now, micro, I, mean, I mean, Nintendo has their own. Microsoft has their own. But, like, PlayStation has a lineage and has so many amazing games they put out over the years. And it's like now, they might have to for, they're probably going to f- be forced into a corner where they have to rely on that. It's like, oh, man, you know, Microsoft's been doing all these consumer-friendly things. They've been buying all this love, you know, not literally buying, but like, hey, you know, like, we're gamers first, you know. We're going to give you Frame Boost. We're going to give you Game Pass. We're going to give you xCloud. We're going to give you backwards compatibility. Sure, our backwards compatibility doesn't go as far as our competitors goes, but you've got it. We're going to take your old games. We're going to make them look better. We're going to play better. You know, everything's integrated and easy. And then it's like, oh, by the way, we we just bought all the big boys, too. So now we have all the major third-party stuff. We got Call of Duty. And so now Sony's going to have to do something. This whole being stubborn and being quiet and, you know, not wanting to play ball with everybody. I think that, you know, they're, they're going to be forced into a corner. Who knows? We might get a really, we might get a good Sony out of this. I don't know. Maybe a Sean Layden Sony would be better, or a Jack Trenton Sony would be better. I don't know about a Jimmy Ryan Sony, but we'll see. I'm liking my I just, I, I'm, I'm liking my Phil Spencer Microsoft. Though, I'll tell you that he's, yeah. he ain't no joke. He ain't no he ain't no punk. I just I just don't know what they're gonna do. I, you can't. They don't even they don't even have they don't even have the resources to do what Microsoft. No, does. they don't. They can't. No. That's the thing is we're gonna see a different. We're going to see a different type of competition now because Microsoft, see, before Xbox has been trying to be the competition, you know, like they've been trying to put their, I mean, I, if you guys watched that Power On um, Xbox documentary, did you guys no, seen that yet? I have not. No. What's oh, it's, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I know on the show, I often come off as an Xbox naysayer, but like, I was, I've always owned Microsoft products. I've always, I mean, I, I always say that on the show just to make sure that even the people that think I'm hating all the time, like, by the way, I still financially invest in this. I, I do like Xbox. But that, it's a six-part documentary on YouTube. They released for their 20-year or 25-year or 30-year, whatever it is, um, uh, uh, their anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is so good. But it, it, you know, the whole premise of them getting into the games division the way that they did was never to be what they are now, you know? And then once they got Bill Gates on board, his thing was what's Sony doing in the living room? Because the Sony's taking over the living room. 
So they went to battle against PlayStation because Bill was wanting to battle Sony, you know? And then it escalated from there into, you know, every time Microsoft has had to fight, they came out with something new and, and amazing, you know, like, like, like Xbox Live is the reason why we have online gaming the way we do. Halo is the reason why we have first-person shooters in the way we do. So, like, Microsoft has really been pushing the industry forward. Now, again, their new focus being Game Pass, I don't love that idea, even though Sony did it first. I still don't love that idea, but, I mean, they're always pushing stuff, right? So, in that documentary, you know, it takes you from the inception of the original Xbox all the way up through, you know, uh, Don Matrick killing Xbox One. You know, and like they have a whole section on him and just the damage he did. It was pretty awesome. And it kind of leaves with Phil taking over and uh, and you're kind of like setting, you know, breaking through the Xbox One generation. It's a very, very, very good documentary. I highly recommend it. It's it's awesome. It'll give you chill bumps. If you're an Xbox fan, like especially an OG Xbox fan, like, man, I was like, oh, I remember I was there for this. I remember this. I wasn't at Times Square when this happened, but I remember watching this on, on TV. And I, I, you know, like, oh, I remember when my first Red Ring of Death happened. I remember when my fourth Red Ring of Death happened, you know? Like, I, I fought through all that. And it's it's very, very good. But like Xbox has never had the full power of Microsoft behind it. Right? Like it's always been like this little division of Microsoft that sometimes gets forgotten about because they produce so much money they can afford to have Xbox. And then now it's very much like, oh no, 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 this is important. This is Microsoft. And then seeing it had them go from what they were to what they're capable of doing now and the money they're allowed to spend. I mean, that's huge, man. That just goes to show you that like it, it's no longer a, a sleeping giant. You know what I'm saying? The beast is awake and then they're freaking feels at the head of it. And it's crazy. It's, I don't, it's crazy. It's, it's a good time to be an Xbox fan. That's for sure. And yeah, you see that, that that's the funny part too, is, is I was never like solely, bent down broke down i didn't even know like what an xbox was until i went over to my friend's house you know i wasn't my family wasn't super big into you know like hey these video games are great um so uh, my first experience with an xbox was halo 3 and like that was like that that was all i needed and that that game, like I fell in love with that game, and from that day forward, I was like, you know, I was like, I told my parents, I was like, I want an Xbox for Christmas, like three sixty. That's what I want. And I never thought I'd get it, and sure enough, like I, I think that was the only Christmas as a child that I ever cried in my life. <laughs> I was so happy when I saw that, and that's all I did was like the Halo Three campaign was beat in a matter of hours. Like Christmas Day, that was that was probably the most memorable Christmas I've had too. Dude, when I, I whenever I had my OG Xbox and my PS2, and I remember when they announced the 360, they had talked about achievements, and I was at work, and my brother called me at work, and he was like, "Dude, did you see what Microsoft announced? They're doing an achievement system where basically you get points for all the games you beat, and it keeps track of all that." And I remember that conversation because that was the point where I was like. Okay, my mind is made up. We're not, I'm not doing Xbox. I mean, I'm not doing the PlayStation 3 
I'm going Xbox. Like I was very much split down the middle, even though my PS2 was my favorite out of the Xbox and because there's so many more games and so many much so many better games on PS2 than the OG Xbox. I mean, that $600 price tag scared me away from the PS- PS3. Well, see, I was making really good money at the time for someone who didn't have Trophy. a family. Wow, wow, wow. Finally got one. Um, I was making really good money at the time. So, like, that didn't bother me. Although, I I would have gladly spent it had it released, you know, at the same time. But since the Xbox was coming out first and they were talking about achievements, like I was like blown away by this idea of achievements. Like my brother and I were like, yeah, dude, this is, this is how we want to play. We want to know what that is. And so I went 360 from day one. And then when he graduated, I bought my wife and I, we were dating. We bought him a 360 um, for his graduation present so we could play games together. So it was freaking, I mean, <clears throat> that was a good time, man. <laughs> Even though they kept di- dying on me, that was a good time. So, Jared writes in and he says, do you think it's a winning strategy for Microsoft to just buy devs and not create their own first party devs? Also, do you think it will blow up in their face? What if the game uh, developers simply decide they don't want to work for Microsoft? <laughs> they can't just do that. So Yeah. <laughs> Contracts? <laughs> you can't go anywhere down. if they own everybody. so uh do i think it's a winning strategy for them yeah i think what they're doing uh is they're buying established stuff to push game pass while also creating their own stuff i think they're creating their own stuff a couple of their their game studios are are microsoft game studios that were self-built by microsoft they're creating their own first party games just because you have seen them doesn't mean they're not there yet well, the thing is, is I, I think that the Xbox One was a bigger blunder than we all really imagined. Uh, and when they canceled the games that they were publicly announced, yeah, um, I, I'm wondering if there were more games that were canceled be- behind the scenes that we didn't know about because Xbox One did not have a lot of first party stuff like no. over over the lifetime. And right now not only did they not have a lot of first party stuff, but they didn't have, they didn't have a lot of first party stuff to start this generation with. And so, um, I think that there's going to come a point where it all hits. And when it hits, it's going to hit over and over and over and over again. And I think that all these acquisitions and these purchases are just the, in the meantime. So I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm su- I'm super excited for this this generation. I mean, regardless if they, you know, they 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 push you know, first party first party games or not, like them buying ABs the probably the biggest thing that they've done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a that might be the biggest thing they're going to do all year. Who knows? It doesn't matter anymore. They got Call of Duty. Like yeah. at, at this point it's like uh, it doesn't and if they could never put out another first party game, they don't need to. They will. But like now <laughs> they they own Call of Duty. So they own every shooter, Daryl. You realize yeah. that, right? Oh they yeah. Own, uh, well they don't they don't own oh, Dice, Apex but... Legends and <laughs> Yet. Company. Yet. They don't and own Fortnite. Yeah, well, they don't own D E A. They're ne- they're never gonna own Riot. Well, Tencent owns Riot, so yeah, they're not, and that's essentially that's what this is moving towards. It's about to be Tencent versus uh, Microsoft. 
Sony and Nintendo ain't even going to be part of the conversation anymore. Yeah. Like, like that. And that's the funny, like someone evaluated, uh, Nintendo at, at a lower price than, than Activision Blizzard too. So what you're telling me right now is if Microsoft really, really wanted to, and Nintendo was willing to sell that they could have bought Nintendo. Yeah. But Nintendo won't sell. No, no, they won't. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's a very interesting time, man. Like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have to buckle up and get ready for this ride because, and then if you think back to some of our old episodes and maybe even before the game stuff crew joined the loot bros, like we were asking for like a hungry Sony, you know, like when they, when the game pass was really first taken off and, you know, Sony was getting a little comfortable getting away from their, you know, push into indie development. And it, all the reports coming out were like, you know, Sony seems to be like getting real cocky with and real proud of their exclusives. And they had every right to be, but it seemed like the public perception was Sony was just getting very comfortable. And the last time Sony got comfortable, they cost themselves the majority of the 360 generation. Um, and so, you know, maybe maybe Sony was getting too comfortable, and now here they are getting ready. To, they're going to have to fight. They're going to have to get, um, you know, aggressive. If not, they're going to get their butts kicked. Yeah, hundred ten percent. But uh, it's very interesting. I, I keep saying that, but I, I don't. <laughs> it's I don't know that it's good. It can't be bad. I don't really see anything bad from this, other than one day Microsoft's going to buy it. We own this stuff, and therefore it will be on our service. And if you continue to say no to our service, you just will, you're saying no to our games. So, like realistically, like this is good for Game Pass subs. This is good for Xbox gamers, and it could potentially be good for you know whatever version of that ends up on playstation yeah i mean it's going to in some capacities it's gonna have to so i would imagine but yeah you guys got anything else you want to add before we bounce out of here i am all set i am no i'm good man. all right so the way this is going to work everybody is we are going to attach the interview we did with Sean, RGT85, uh, at the end of this part of the show. Uh, so thank you so much for everyone who listened this far. Uh, definitely the best is yet to come. We had a really good time uh, talking with Sean. He was a great guest. Uh, it's unfortunate we can only get him for an hour. Maybe in the future we'll get him for a little bit longer because we could definitely tell uh, and we we're all going to kick it and have a good time. So uh, definitely check out the uh, Loot Bros Podcast YouTube. Uh, there's a new episode of Avocation to Climb on there. Um, next week, we're going to have a very special guest. Uh, it is the guy that put together the uh, Nintendo Quest documentary. So we're going to have him on next week for the show. Uh, interview style, same as we're doing on this episode. And so we're going to start pushing that stuff in the socials real hard. We're going to be pu putting stuff in the Facebook group, the Discord, on the Instagram. Um, if you have not seen the Nintendo Quest yet, check it out. I'll actually post links to it i know we uh joe you mentioned it was on tubi earlier so yeah. we'll put the we'll put the tubi link in the groups and we'll put the amazon prime link into the groups and so if you got questions for this one coming up 
you know, definitely send them in. We'll have a thread going, and uh, we're super excited. We've got a lot of big guests coming up. We still have Cutthroat Comics coming up. We've got the two uh, G's One C podcast crew coming on. We've got um, the owner and developer for Plasma Beam Games coming back on. So definitely a lot of cool stuff, a lot of irons in the fire, and that's just the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, we'll all work for Microsoft, and it'll be gravy. I really hope so. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> Probably got to stop money. saying. Probably got to stop saying ugly stuff on the podcast if we want that to happen. Hey, you're the only one saying ugly stuff, so got to be true to myself. All right, this is the Loot Bros Podcast. Uh, check out our streams. Check out our shows. Most importantly, check out the Patreon. It's the Loot Bros Podcast. We're going to talk about video games and mow your grass. Loot Bros Podcast! We're going to talk about butts and slurp and penis. So stay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and with me this week, I got Johnson, Jam, and Joe. Yo, what's up, guys? We got ZJ Zach. Keep gaming, never stop. There you go. And then this week, we are joined by a very special guest, uh, probably the most famous guest we've ever had here on the Loot Bros Podcast, minus maybe that tricky fella. Uh, we have uh, YouTuber RGT85. How you doing, brother? Hello. Thank you for having me on. Good to be here. Man, thank you for coming on the show. Um, as our audience knows, we have been this year. We decided we were going to reach out and have some more guests on the show. In the past, we've had the founder um, of the uh, Limited Run Games on. We've had a couple different game devs on. Josh uh, or Doug? Uh, we had Doug. Okay, yeah, I, I yeah. met them once before. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was years ago. They were they were much smaller than they are now. Yeah, I actually went. Um, I lived in North Carolina, about an hour away from where they were, there you and go. I went like. Probably five years ago when they still had like a real small office, I went up there to hang out and film some stuff. And the funny thing is, I filmed a bunch of interviews and stuff. And when I got home, I realized I never turned on my microphone. So I just had a voice over the video. (laughs) No. Oh, man. (laughs) So we've all done stuff like that, man. So uh, it's funny. We had we had Doug on when they first kind of launched um, a limited run. And I don't know. They only had like two video games out, three video games. I can't remember. It wasn't very many. Um, but I'm like this huge PlayStation Vita fan. And so like some people were like, oh, my gosh, you got to talk to these guys. This is They're all about the Vita. So we had him on the show and um, Doug was great. But you could tell that like he wasn't necessarily feeling a lot of the energy. <laughs> Uh-huh. And so rather than do a straight up interview, you know, like, oh, why don't you tell us about your company? Oh, why don't you tell us about your games? We're like, hey, man, we're just, you know, if you got the time, we're going to do the whole show, all the nonsense included, and uh, just kind of see how it went. Now, I just assumed that he would riff off of us pretty good. And uh, he did. He did. He did. All right. But I, I think he was a little uncomfortable, a little bit like, yeah, you guys are dorks. So. <laughs> <laughs> We learned from that point on. We'll just kind of stick to uh, we'll stick to the interview and you know see where where the rest of it takes us. So, with that being said, uh, RGT eighty five is the name of the YouTube channel. Um, I, as far as I understand, all of your socials are also RGT eighty five. That's correct. 
If you guys have not yet, check it out. So thank you, Joe, uh, for introducing me uh, to uh, Sean. I'm going to call you. Are you cool if I call you Sean? You want me to call you RTG? No, uh, Sean's fine. All right, I didn't know if you, you know, government names are kind of you know, hit or miss these days. As long as you don't do like my full name and social, like we're uh, good. I mean, I have all of that information. So like, <laughs> you know, I had to do my due diligence. So like right, I kind of no, like no. hagged into your bank accounts. So I may or may not have visited your place last night while you're sleeping. Uh, it happens. Man, you got to do, you got to make sure, and you never know who you're dealing with these days. So I just got to make true. sure that stalk them before they stalk me am i right <laughs> but <Wow>. uh <laughs> but yeah so so sean so uh joe inter, uh introduced me to your content so i was not familiar with it but then uh i started watching some of your videos he said something about like oh there's this video he does where he throws the nintendo switch off of a bridge that's a classic there you Dude, go <laughs> such a good video <laughs> and the worst part is i i lost my keys doing that and Ooh. I never, I, I lost uh, on, my, on that key ring was um, my car key and my house key. And I was renting a, a, a small house at the time. And so I called my boss um, and had him pick me up. I went to my house. I found a spare car key, but I never found that house key. So I would just have to leave my house unlocked <laughs> all the time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it sucked, dude. Somebody out there found a busted switch and a, and a, a key to a house. They're like, man, this is my lucky day. Well, the switch was good because it survived in the case. But um, yeah, because people were like, oh, you faked that. I'm like, have you seen my videos? I'm not, I'm not smart enough to to fake that and do <laughs> cuts and shit like that. I just I just climbed up the bridge and I threw it off. That was it. I mean, at least <laughs> you didn't put your switch in water like Woods. That's true. I was. Oh, my God. Couldn't stop laughing. Dude, so, uh, again, like I said earlier, I'm a PS Vita fan. And uh, I, I like this uh, bodybuilder named Kali Muscle. And he used to do this little YouTube little series where he was like, can I break it? And he freaking broke a PS Vita with his bare hands. And I, that was Oof. that was awful. What a monster. Yeah, it hurt your soul, didn't it? <laughs> I was One like, for Vita Island. I, I know, right? He got he got kicked off. <laughs> like, yeah, welcome right here. So, Sean, you know, like uh, we've I've seen some of your content. These guys have obviously been watching your content for a little while. Uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the audience? Tell them kind of um, who you are, what your I guess the general premise for your show is, and how you got started. Um, well, I guess the general premise is a lot of Nintendo Switch related stuff. Just because I don't know, the channel seemed to kind of grow when that system came out. Originally, it was just supposed to be retro stuff. And then I quickly realized, like, I don't know, I was kind of bored with it because, like, I don't know, like, how many times can one person review the same game over and over again? Like, I mean, it's cool for people that do that, but I don't know. I just I just got bored with it. So I started doing, like, gaming news. And then uh, when the Switch came out, um, for some reason, I ended up picking up a lot of new people that were interested in that and interested in my thoughts on that. So I kind of leaned into that, but I try to mix it up sometimes. Um I usually upload every day because I do this full time and it's like, well, you know, I'm not doing anything else. I might as well make a video. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've been doing this. Well, I've been a part of the quote unquote games industry for a little over 10 years. I started writing on websites and stuff, and that was kind of how I got my foot in the door. And then I kind of expanded into the video making stuff. And I started my own channel back. I think it was 2015. So coming up on six years. Awesome. Awesome. Um, it, now, when you started your channel, like, was it just um, did you always intend on going into this as a potential full time gig or was it just like I, I do this other stuff? I kind of enjoy video. 
no i never i never thought it would be uh, a full-time gig and the, the i think that's a mistake like a lot of people make when they start out to do like a youtube channel and they're like i'm gonna make this a full-time gig it's like no you're an idiot like 99.9 percent of people can't make it a full-time gig so if you're like part of that 0.01 percent like you were very lucky and the only reason like i started to do it as a full-time gig was because i was still working you know a, a day job i would I would think of a video in my head on the drive home. I'd come home, I'd film the video, I'd edit the video, I'd upload the video, I'd eat a snack, and then I'd go to bed. And like that was my life for like months. And I was like, this sucks. And then I realized, you know, the channel started making good money. And I was like, well, if I can keep this consistent, like I could probably do this full time. So, you know, if it becomes a business, like awesome. But if it never becomes a business, like a lot of people get frustrated. And I, I don't really understand that because. You, you know, if if you're able to make a few bucks off a of video doing something that you that you wanted to do and just wanted to talk about, like and you have an audience, like even if your audience is like 10 people, like that's still 10 people that care about what you have to say. So that's right. No, I, I never I never went into it with with the business aspect. But once it started to make money like a business, I was like, OK, I need to I need to reevaluate this. So, Sean. Um, I've been a fan for a long time, like since since Class versus Crass. Oh wow! Yeah, like blame Jason time. for that shutting down. That was all him. Oh, I love that show. Was. It was like my <laughs> it was my favorite thing to do on Sunday nights was to sit in in Class versus Class and talk with you guys. Like it was awesome. I won a few games too. It was it was good times. Good times. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah I was, that was through that Nintendo was enthusiast, right? Yeah, so that was all through. Nintendo enthusiast where I was I was working at this website called Gaming Truth and the only reason I started working there was because I had a friend named Kyle and uh he was always like he was a he was a manager at the GameStop that I used to work at um and like he was always getting shit early and I was like how are you getting this stuff and he was like oh dude I write for this website I was like what and he was like yeah I was like let me join and he was like well, can you write and I was like I'm sure I can like you know that was the only subject like writing essays and papers was the only thing I was good at in school. So um, the owner of the site actually lived in the next town over. So he came over to Kyle's house one day and I met him over there and they were like, yeah, we'll give you a trial run and we'll see how it goes. So the owner of the site actually ended up becoming a very big Twitch streamer um, by the name of DJ Knight. He was actually featured um, in the latest uh, game awards. They had like reels of Twitch creators talking about stuff. And like they had like a little dedicated reel to him. And I was like, oh, wow, holy shit, he made it. But, you know, we all worked on that site together. There was a couple other guys, um, Greg, who ended up joining Class versus Crass towards the end of it. Greg, yeah, was Greg was actually a part of that original website, too. So I've known Greg for, you know, 10 plus years. But, um, you know, DJ's Twitch stuff started popping off. And so we all kind of moved our separate ways. And then I just sent out like a blanket email to various websites because on Nintendo, uh, on Gaming Truth, I was kind of the Nintendo guy because I was the guy, you know, there's only five or six of us. And I was the guy who got the Wii U on day one. So I had a Wii U and a 3DS. So they were like, okay, well, you're just going to do that shit since you have it and none of us do. I was like, all right, that's cool. So I would always get codes for, you know, 3DS games and Wii U games and stuff. So people are a lot of people think that like I just like randomly started talking about Switch stuff because it was quote unquote popular, but it's like no, like I've actually been doing this for a very long time. You just you just don't realize it. But it was, it was a good time. But when that came to an end, I ended up um, sending out an email to a bunch of different Nintendo related websites, 
and I ended up getting with Nintendo enthusiast. And then, you know, I worked with them for years and, you know, it was fun. Um, but I kind of wanted to do more and everyone on that, that was a part of that website and a part of that YouTube channel actually had their own side channel and as a personal thing. And so I was like, well, I think I'm going to make my own. And then I made my own and it started doing really good. So, you know, I kind of became more distant, but I I feel like they understood because I actually tried. I I wouldn't say like, I I like quit my job or anything, but I definitely was trying to make the writing gig, um, something more like a full-time gig. But I, I realized that there's the money in that industry is, is, isn't good. And so like, you know, like even like your editors at IGN and stuff, like they're all, most of them are like living in a house together in San Francisco because they can't afford anything. Like the, the, the average salary of a video game journalist absolutely sucks. And it's like, Oh, well, I don't want to like torture myself or anything yeah, like that. But, I'm saying that. You know, I, I moved on to the video side of things, which is, a lot more lucrative, but it's also something that, you know, writing stuff and, and being on camera are are two completely different beasts. And like, if you don't have something, whether it's really good editing, really good personality or really big tits, you know, Hmm. people aren't going to watch you. So you gotta, (laughs) you gotta figure out, you gotta figure out something to, to make people watch you and be consistent with it. So it's a, and, I, and just to clarify, none of this stuff is hard work. Um, I see a lot of people, uh, YouTubers say, oh, this is hard work. Now, it's time consuming work. And, you know, I will completely agree with that. But as far as hard work, like, fuck, dude, you're sitting there in front of a camera talking about video games. Like you have if you're able to do it full time, it's it's a dream job. And I will always champion for that because, I mean, it is a dream job. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. Sean, I got a question. Um, how big is your arcade collection now? Oh God. Um, I'm st- companies are so, uh, at games is actually trying to send me the legends cabinet, the arcade one they have. And I'm, I'm like, dude, I, I don't have fucking room for that. And they're like, no, 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 we can do it. Um, so let's see. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, six arcade one ups, I think. Jeez. And then I have the MVSX one which is the Neo Geo SNK one, which is honestly, that thing is probably my favorite one of them all. Um, and then I have the um, iArcade, and then I have... So you the, got the WrestleFest one? Or well, the, the WrestleFest Wrestle yeah. one is a custom, is a custom cab. That was a, that was a Final Fight arcade one-up that me and a couple buddies turned into a WrestleFest one. But yeah, oh, I still nice. have that. And then um, I had the pinball thing, and then I have an air hockey table, and a ski ball table, but like this house because I just I just recently bought this house, which is is like the first time I ever bought a house, and it's funny because this was the house I didn't want. Um, I came, we went, me and my uh, realtor, we looked at a bunch of different places, and we looked at a place that was actually one street over. I really liked it. It was small. It was a lot smaller than this place, but I really liked it. It was it was three bedrooms. Um, like one of the bedrooms was like a custom bedroom. I was like, okay, this is awesome. It was a good price. And then he was like, well, why don't we look at the other one that's a street over? And I was like, eh, okay. And the only reason I didn't like this place was because it was more expensive. 
and it was a lot bigger. And I was like, I don't need all this room. Like, what am I going to do? But then I came over when we saw it and we saw this basement. I was like, oh, wow, I could do a lot of stuff here. So I actually made a bid on the cheaper place. They accepted my offer, but they were like, and this was back in August. And they were like, yeah, we'll accept the offer. It's a great offer, but uh, th- th- there's a tenant there until February. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, why, why are you putting this on the market now if I, if I can't have it now? Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to get out of my current place because, you know, it's fine, but it's small and I want to buy something. So I was just like, no. And he was like, well, why don't we why don't we try this other place? I was like, dude, they want too much money, blah, blah, blah. But I'm 100 percent glad that I did take this one because I wouldn't be able to have like this big ass arcade room in the basement. And it's just like so cool. And I love it. Yeah. I've seen some of the Instagram videos <laughs> that you've been posting of it. And I'm like, man, yeah. that's, that's so I, uh, I bought the house I'm in now three years ago because of the basement. And that is the goal to turn it into this ridiculously awesome game room right uh-huh. now. I've decked it out with like, we've got all our bands gear down there and we've got like, all my retro consoles. I've got all this stuff, but like I didn't put walls up yet because I'm impatient. And I turned up, I turned one of the rooms into a gym. So I've got like this giant weight rack in there. I've got dumbbells and, and ellipticals and stuff like that everywhere. And so every time we you know, kick around the idea of like, all right, let's start putting walls up. I'm like, man, I got to move all this crap out of here now. Like I got, I've got like 5,000 comic books down there. I've got racks and racks of movies. I'm, I don't know. One day, yeah, that, one day. that's what was cool about about this place was like it, the place itself is a little bit older i mean it's not like super old or anything like that but like on the outside you're like oh you know that's nice you know it's whatever but when you come inside like these people that lived here before me they had redone like everything like the kitchen the bathrooms they put a new half bathroom in um redid the floors uh and the whole basement was already finished they had half of it was really freaking weird. Um, when we came to look at it, we came to the basement and the basement's divided by like a door. Um, but they're both halves were finished. One half, which is where the arcade room is, they use as just like a storage room. And the other half, they had like this weird, like pink plush carpet, like a rug down and they had like a couch and they had like, they had this thing on the door that said swingers lane and me and my uh realtor just looked at each other like yo i think they're fucking in here like this is weird like it, the whole vibe was like super weird but i was like man this whole basement is finished this is perfect because one thing about doing youtube and if i'm talking too much just tell me to shut no, up. no 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 do you keep going man uh one thing about youtube is you kind of because uh, uh, i never understood why people would get an office i was like office why what would you get that and at my old place it was it was like a 900 square foot um, two bedroom condo. And so I had the the master bedroom was where I just put all my games. The the smaller bedroom was where I had my bed. And then in the living room, I put up I made like a little corner in the living room with like a desk, computer, my green screen and stuff like that. And I never really understood why people would rent an office. It's like, we'll just work from home. But the more you work from home, the more you realize it's just like it's, it seems like it's always there because I would just be sitting on the couch, like watching TV, like out of the corner of my eye, I'd look and I'd see my little office cubicle and I'd be like, Ugh, it feels like I'm still feels like I'm still working. Get a, I need to get away from this and go outside <laughs> or something. So when I got this place, I was like, perfect. Downstairs is where I work. 
and where I play, you know, my arcade and stuff. And I could just go upstairs. I can close that door and then normalcy, normalcy, normalcy. So that was that was a beautiful thing. What would you say um, would be like your like your favorite video you ever made? Like, I mean, I've seen you've been making videos for years and years. You got tons and tons of content, but is there like one that like stands out as like, this is my favorite, even if it wasn't like your best performing? Uh, the, uh, the, uh, PS five scalper video from last year, because that's the most money I've ever made. on a oh, video. Was so good. <laughs> <laughs> just making, I never realized just making fun of, cause I, I like the video as a video because I was just making fun of scalpers and just like, you know, there was one, it was like these two guys that were like, I don't know. They were trying to flex like they were from the hood or something, but they were like English blokes or something. It's like, come on, dude, what are you going to do? Shank someone like, come on. And, uh, like they had like baggy clothes and like shitty haircuts. And I was just making fun of them. And that video ended up blowing up because there's a time you want to make videos. And there's a time where it doesn't really matter as much. And the holiday season is by far the best time because you make stupid amounts of money because advertisers are spending more, you know, your average, you know, basically you make roughly twice as much during the months of October, November, and December than you do for like the rest of the year. So it's definitely a good time. And that video hit at a really good time. Um, I would say actual video wise, like as far as just not monetary stuff, uh, I would say the videos with uh, Stevie Richards, because, (laughs) you know, I, I like watched him as I was growing up in ECW and, wwf and then it was like he was on my channel and i was like what what is life when i saw that i was like damn he got stevie he got stevie cool i I, I saw that i was like what yeah it was just it was just like just one day he randomly shared one of my videos on twitter i'm like uh excuse me and he was like what i was like you watch me he was like yeah it's good stuff i was like dude (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) that's the weirdest thing is like the the bigger your channel grows the more people who like know of you and like are fans of you, like it's just crazy. Like I have a bunch of friends now in AEW because they're like fans of my videos. And it's like, what Chuck D from public enemy DM me. I was like, Hey, my buddy wants to work with you. And I was like, what? It's like you're fucking <laughs> Chuck D. dude. <laughs> like That's this is amazing. bizarre. <laughs> That's freaking incredible, dude. <laughs> it always, it's always just very surreal. It's always, I, I'm sure some people just, you know, it becomes a common thing to them. But just for me, it's like, no, yeah, every time it always it always just is so weird. So how was, weird was it the first time something like that ever actually happened? Like how awestruck were you? Uh, very. And I, I would say the 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 <laughs> I actually have a funny story. I was at. Oh, so I lived in the same town slash same area for like over 20 years. I went to high school there. I went to college there work there went to the bars there like pretty much everyone like knew me but like didn't know me for like necessarily good reasons because at times i wasn't the best human in the world and um i was at a gas station i was heading off work and uh there's this dude and he's just like staring at me and i'm looking at him i'm like i don't know this guy so i'm thinking i'm like did i sleep with his girlfriend or his wife and we go why is this dude staring at me and so um I'm pumping gas and I get in my car and I sit in my car and he gets in his car and he starts creeping up. I'm like, man, it's about to go down. So he pulls up kind of next to me 
and he starts rolling his window down. And so I'm reaching in my pocket or I'm reaching in the center console of my car. because I got, I got a blade in there and I put it in my pocket and I just got my hand on it. And uh, so I roll my window down and he's like, I, I know you from somewhere. I was like, oh yeah, motherfucker, you know, where do you know me from? Where do you know me from? <laughs> and he's like, you're that guy on YouTube. And I'm like, Oh, hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm like, I didn't expect like someone in my town who I didn't know to like be a fan of it. And like, that was just super, that was super weird for me. And then I was just like, okay, I have to, you have to behave in public now because See, you never know. You, you almost shanked a fan is what you're saying. Pretty like, much. Like it was like, I had the, I had my hand on it. I was ready to go. Cause you know, it was, you know, kind of a sketchy part of town. I was getting gas at too, but yeah, that, that was super funny. But, yeah, it's 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 always very strange. It's you know, always very strange. from a fan's perspective, though. If you if he would have been the guy that got shanked by his favorite YouTuber, that would have <laughs> been a story. Because like, so I, I used to like frequent all the bars and clubs that had bands and stuff around here. And I, I used, I'm a I'm from back in the new metal like you know age or whatever. So like, yeah. I was a huge huge fan of Primer Fifty Five. Yes, and, I remember them. Dude, so like right there, so they were touring with their um, Introduction to Mayhem album. And it was like Prime 55, um, Reveille, and uh, what's the other band I've been sharing so much lately? I can't remember the name of Dracologic. And so it was like this l- insane show. The crowd was just nasty. And then the, the by the time Prime 55 got on, um, like the the microphone cable was like shorting out, right? And so like like right before like the big breakdown where he screams, I get loose, and then um like he he like motions for the crowd to sing it because the mic's messing up. The whole crowd screams, I get loose. The band cuts into the to the breakdown, and then he dives off stage. And as we're all moshing into each other, freaking Jason punches me in the face like (laughs) like i saw stars like punched me in the face so hard and like for for months and months and months and in years even i was like i'm the guy that got punched in the face by his favorite band i got punched by jason from primer 55 that's awesome though like i met i actually met um vincent from the acacia strain which is one of my favorite bands at uh too many games in 2017 i think it was maybe 2018 and he was like Hey, I'm a fan of your stuff. I'm like, shut the fuck up. He's like, what? I was like, dude, don't watch my shitty videos, dude. You're fucking making amazing albums. And I remember he gave me a hat and I was like, thank you. And I gave him a shirt. <laughs> and then like um, Adam from Oceano is a big video game guy. Oh, and I was I was wearing an Oceano tank top in one of my videos years ago. And uh, they shared it on their Facebook page. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why are you watching me? He's a super. He's a super good dude, too. I like him. Man, I I got to see them years ago. They're great. So we actually, their first album, that they kind of really got started to take off. That was about the time our band kind of landed the plane and, and stopped uh, stopped traveling and playing as much. And uh, there was a handful of shows we were in the running for to open for Oceano, but we just never, they never panned out. And, oh, man, that would have been, that would have been a freaking dope, <laughs> dope band yeah. to open up for. Yeah, yeah, I saw them. Uh, I saw them open up for a Muir. So, see, that was another one. We were on the bill with the Muir, and that show got got bought out or canceled or something happened. It was um, it was a run of shows in a row. We were supposed to open for Under Oath, but then the the company or the production group that we kind of were 
you know, these guys, when they're booking their shows, they kind of have their local favorites or whatever. And so like anytime, if you're buying like a tour package, you can't have local support, you know, on a tour package. But if you're getting them on like a day off or, you know, there's like, oh, we're going to do a run for, you know, four weeks and there's going to be some, you know, spotty days here and there. They're going to do another run for four weeks. You can kind of pick up some of those bands. And so uh, we were talking about this on one of our uh, Patreon shows the other day, Joe. It was like, it was Under Oath we were supposed to open for. We got, uh, our people got outbid on that one. And Mirror we were supposed to open up for, that one fell through. And that was kind of like, our vocalist at the time ha- had a lot of similar qualities uh, as a Mirror, as Frankie from Amir. Mm-hmm. Like that that whiny buildup into a scream. And um, so that was, we used to... Um, get a lot of comparisons, you know, like, oh man, you guys sound like a mirror. And I always played, you know, Ibanez seven string guitars as well. So, um, but those guys are so freaking good live, dude. It's, it's insane. And, um, there's uh, several bands like that, but it was, you know, it'd, it'd been nice to have a couple more of those on the resume. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, we got to open up with a few more of our favorites. That was actually the first Frankie was the first big interview I ever did on that gaming truth website back in 2012. When, uh, Slave to the Game came out. Yes. I was like, oh, there's so many video game references in here. Let me see if he'll talk to me. And I just shot him an email. So I've known him. Yeah, I've known him for like 10 years, too. It's been a long time. So did you see that fight stick he got? Uh, his girlfriend got him with the, uh, it was like at a mirror concert, but everybody's drawing like The Simpsons? Yeah. Okay. When we first started our podcast, the, that company, Fight Stick Guy, was kind of our first sponsor or whatever. And it's like, because we're friends, I actually made the template that he uses for the button layouts and the joysticks. I'm a, I'm a CNC designer. So like I run CNC machines, lasers, mills and stuff like that. And I run a a fabrication, you know, company right now. And so like (laughs) we build weightlifting equipment, but I know the guy, Chris, and I'm really good friends with um, clay, the guy that drew that hand drew all that art. And so, as a matter of fact, we had um, we had an interview a few weeks ago with Legacy Comics. We had the uh, uh, Patrick, the guy, the founder and editor in chief, he was on mm-hmm. here. And so, we've been messaging a good bit back and forth. And um, I've got some really close friends that are like extremely talented artists that have been trying to break into the comic book industry for years, and they haven't been successful. So. The guy that hand drew that fight stick, that art, Clay Patterson, <laughs> I actually got him hooked up with Patrick, and oh, nice. uh, yeah, he might be doing some uh, some one shots and some some uh, variant covers and stuff for them. But crazy how you know it, how freaking small of a world it really is, you know, working with all these people and, and getting to know everybody. So, um, Sean, you know, question time. All right, <laughs> favorite game of all time. It's tough. Depends on what day you ask me. Because I have like five that I always go through. Today I'm going to say Super Mario 64, though. That's a good one. A lot of nostalgia for that game. I feel you on that too. Like I, I can, ha- I have one that kind of like stays my main favorite, but like everything after that is like, like you said, the wind could blow a certain way. I'm like, you know what? I like this game better now. Um, but yeah, Mario 64, that's one of my top favorites as well, dude. I actually just, I have her sitting right beside me. I got the, uh, the switch, <laughs> the switch mm-hmm. version. Yeah. Uh, freaking that freaking, I actually played it not too long ago, man. That game, it just, it brings back all kinds of feels. Wait, it's you just so much switch? fun too. You played the switch. I did play the switch actually. Yes. <laughs> actually, as a matter of fact, I took and wiped the dust off of my switch about three hours ago. 
So it was in my hands, Joe. I didn't play it today, but oh, actually, okay. I'm so gonna did you play Resident Evil game or what? Yeah, of course. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so here, up here in my little office area where I do all my recording and editing, I've got my PS5. And then right beside it, I've got my Nintendo Switch. Okay. So, and beside my Nintendo Switch are the only games that matter. It is right. all of the Resident Evil games and then uh, Mario 64. But it's that All Stars. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 They're like, oh, man, we're not, we're only going to make so many of these. So I was like, that's <laughs> bullshit. I was like, well, I got to go buy it just in case they're not lying. So, yeah. And then they went on sale for three pennies at Walmarts everywhere. Oh, dude! So they're still I, available too. Yeah, they're still there. So, I, so um, my local Walmart. It's like this. Uh, I don't know. Once a quarter, it's like a a, a gold mine. Once a quarter, and, way more than that. Okay, okay. Look, look, I'm just trying. I'm trying not to brag. All right. So check it out. This this is one Walmart not far from my house. That for whatever reason, the lady that runs the gate the games area, you know, the electronic area, she is no BS when it's time to get rid of stuff. So, like, I don't know for listeners, uh, Sean, you know, you guys on the show, I don't know if you understand, if you guys know how things work with the Walmart game section, but it's like this. They rotate their stock left to right, okay? The newest stuff they, they put on the left, and then they work their way down, and then once they make it all the way to the right section, to the end of the right side, they box them up and they clearance them out. Now, certain Walmarts will send them to other you know distribution centers so they'll send them to other Walmarts in their district and my Walmart just happens to be one of the places that does not do that okay. so when it's when it gets to the to the right side of the stack or the, excuse me the right side of the shelf they start boxing them up and then they have like these boxes just stack up until you know, once there's no more room at the bottom for these boxes to sit they start clearing them out for like a dollar to five dollars a piece so there's been times where I've gone in there and I've spent a hundred dollars, 150 bucks. And I've had multiple bags of PS4, Xbox and switch games, just freaking arm loads of games. Dirt cheap. Oh dude. Yes. Oh yeah. Like I just went a few, few weeks ago and I picked up a bunch of games that I bought my kids for Christmas. So like uh, last kids on earth, Jumanji. Um, I bought like, uh, a handful of other things, uh, the five nights at Freddy's collection. Like mm-hmm. I, I was buying all those for, you know, on sale in quotes for 20 to $30. I literally picked up all those same games for five bucks a piece the other day. Nice. So I have the open versions that the kids have access to. And then I have the sealed in the box versions, which is becoming my new, my new, my new thing. <laughs> so. And then send them to WADA. And then you'll make a million dollars. Oh, Jesus. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about the, the scam of a grading system. Oh, dude. Yes. Next we'll start talking about NFTs. Oh, hey, hey, so I've got a, a framed. I, I, so before people were, you know, making NFTs of their favorite monkeys and before people were grading their games, the, what you used to do is you would take your favorite game and you would frame it, you know, or, frame or it. Right. Play it. The, the, what, no, whoa, whoa. What do you think this is? A gaming show? We don't do that here. No, so like I'm in these Resident Evil groups, right? Resident Evil be my favorite franchise, mm-hmm. and, and so like uh, the ultimate flex was to take your favorite Resident Evil game and frame it and show everybody how cool your your copy is, right? And so I was like, oh, I can do that. And so I I've, I can do that better because I've got like a dozen copies of every game. So I started framing my Resident Evil games, and then now all of a sudden everybody's grading them and they're worth way more money. So I've been ruined all mine because they're in freaking picture frames in my basement. 
So that's going to be my next thing. <laughs> Were you ever going to sell yours? Like, no. No, come on, dude. Come on. What do you think I am? So what is like your Resident Evil 1 with like the the original um, rectangle the long box? case? Is, yeah. Is it, yeah, long box. Is it sitting in like a frame with the disc out? Like you have like a platinum or mer record? Like No, but my Resident Evil 2 is like that. No, Resident Evil. So Resident Evil 1, my house burnt down years ago. And like my, all of my really expensive, really original versions burn up. And so for years, I was on the search for a good condition long box copy. And I like randomly walked into a second Charles by the house one day. And it was just sitting there in the front counter. Nine bucks. Damn, dude. Yes. Yes. Like nine dollars in really great condition. Wasn't in pristine condition, but it was in really great condition. And I like the guy that was running the counter at the time. He used to be the manager of my local GameStop. So I was like, oh, man. I was like, dude, why don't you hook me up with that one? Let me know. I mean, what, what, what y'all asking for it? And he was like, dude, it says nine bucks. I know that's wrong. He's like, <laughs> but since it's you, I'm not going to change it. And he gave it to me for $9, dude. That's awesome. Like, yeah. So, um, Sean, I see that you have a uh, phenomenal game collection. Yeah, it's all right. So what you got? What you got? About one, two, three hundred games? I mean, what are you looking at? Oh, geez. Um, that was a joke, by the way. I know it's a lot yeah. more. <laughs> I, I, I've never, I've never counted. I've, I have no idea. It's probably best that way. Do you, uh, are you trying to go for full collections or you just buy things that you like or. I'm actually, I used to, I used to collect just to collect and like flip stuff and buy like big lots, but uh, I'm out of that game. I, I retired last year because I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, and prices are just getting stupid high and it's like no so if, if something's reasonably like i'll still buy like i made a video about it and people were like what are you saying blah, blah, blah. i'll still buy stuff like if if i want to buy it to play it like i just bought um uh fatal fury on the game gear because i wanted to play that so i don't mind you know spending i think i bought it for like 30 bucks for a cartridge okay that, that's not bad but when, once you start getting to like triple digits and you know, five, six hundred dollars for a game. I'm like, no, no, this is stupid. Like, if I want to play that game, I can play that game. There's a million different ways to play it. Emulators, uh, yeah, repro carts, you know, whatever. I, you gotta, you gotta value your money. Unless you like really want it, like, then I guess I can understand it, but I'm just out of that. The only complete collection I have is a complete 32X collection. Oh, wow. But that was because I was writing a book on it, and I was like, I guess I need a full collection. I started to pursue the PlayStation Vita um, full collection, but man, I I I couldn't ju- I couldn't bring myself to terms with paying the prices they wanted even even three and four years ago. Yeah, so like it's uh, just it's just stupid crazy. Like I sometimes look at like what my games are worth, and it's like this is stupid. Why is this? Why is this worth so much? Why is Resident Evil? on the Sega Saturn worth so much. Oh, There's no is. rhyme or reason for it. So I bought it for, I bought it for like 30 or 40 bucks a couple of years ago yep. um, fr- from this place. Now I look, it's like two, $300. It's like, why Resident Evil deadly silence on the DS? Why? Oh, <laughs> like, yes. it's, it's, it's a cool game, but I, I don't understand. And so that, that was a really good version of that game too. Very, very interesting. I love the multiplayer in it. Me and my buddy used to play it all the time, even though it was like very simplistic. And like the, <laughs> yes. the, 
the thing where he'd slash the screen to to fight the zombies off you and stuff. I love that. Oh, absolutely. That was one of those things, man. Having Resident Evil on a handheld, even though it was like uh, by that time I had beaten the first Resident Evil game so many times on all the different versions. There was even a uh, a mobile version on singular phones back before AT and T bought them out. Okay. I- I had that version as well, man. I was freaking stupid over this. I have the tiger. What is that little tiger handheld? I have the Resident Evil Two sealed on the box for that. That handheld. Oh, the, the game? No, the GameCom. Something oh, like yeah. God, something that like that. Was horrible. Yeah, I think it was trash. Did you ever have <laughs> this the the Sony phone that flipped out into a PSP Go? Uh, I never owned that one. Uh, one of my coworkers at the time and one of my former bandmates, he had it, and he had it like loaded up with emulators. Um, but I have the P- two of the PSP goes. Yeah, I have a PSP go somewhere. It's, they were cool. Yeah, they're not bad. I just, I mean, I just hacked mine and put a bunch of PS1 games on there. I was like, I want to play Parasite E. Oh, man. Oh, yes. Master it already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, that would be a dream remaster right there. Like, just to have. Do it already. Okay. Oh, so you know, by the time this goes live, this whatever this is will have already happened. But did you guys see um, the Sony little ad that they're going to reveal something happening tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> really? Yeah. They're yeah, buying so, Square Enix. You, uh, I wish. I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. I mean, but uh, but no. Apparently, the rumor is I was following Push Square this morning, and uh, apparently, they're going to make a backwards compatibility announcement tomorrow. That's the rumor. Oh yeah, I, I saw some people talking about that. So, um, we'll see. You know, like I said, by the time this goes live, we'll already know how good or bad of a an announcement that was. So, uh, who really knows? But Sean, since we got you, and and you've just recently dropped some videos on it, what are your opinions on this um, Activision acquisition from uh, Microsoft? It's um, it's very interesting because. You know, you have uh, you have a lot of different facets to it. You have the whole business side of things. You have the gaming side of things. And then you have the moral side of things, I think is the best way to look at it. Uh, from a business perspective, like, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog world. I understand it. The big dog buys out someone smaller. You don't think of Activision as being smaller. But obviously, Activision, they needed something like this just because of all the negative publicity they've gotten about like work environment and stuff. So they needed a, a major shift. And I think that this was probably the cleanest and easiest way to do that shift. Um, but as far as, um, as far as from a game perspective, you know, Microsoft, the one area that they tend to struggle in is an exclusives. And you know, now that you put, you know, Bethesda id software, Activision, uh, you know, all these different Blizzard, all these different companies under your umbrella, you almost don't even have to worry about about console sales anymore, because even if even if these games do end up going third party, which I don't necessarily think they will. But even if they did, like you're still going to make money off of it. It's just like the whole Minecraft thing. Like when you look at the history of Microsoft, they buy people. They bought Rare. They bought Mojang. You know, it's not anything new. Now, you also have the morality side of things, and that's where I think things get a bit, a bit murky because essentially you have a company that is slowly but surely creating a very uh, monopolistic area to where all of these companies are now getting 
eaten by by the big one and you know if a company like activision or a company like bethesda is able to be purchased i really feel like that shows that anyone is able to be purchased yep and that that could be an area that you know can be cause of concern because at the end of the day although these companies you know they they do the whole oh you know we're your friends we're your friend you're, you're not my friend you're not my friend. You are, you are a business. You, I am a consumer. I am your target. You want my money. You're trying to lull people into a sense of false security. And I think people don't understand that. I think a lot of people think that these companies are their friends. And it's like, no, dude, it's like they just want your money. They'll, they'll lull you to sleep. If, if, if they were telling the truth all the time, none of these companies would still be in business. So I'm just interested, you know, right now, in the immediate future, it's not going to be a big deal, but I want to see how things are in four years. And, you know, hopefully I'm still making my videos in four years, um, but I want to see how things are in four years because I think things are going to be drastically different. And a lot of people don't understand that. I dig that. I dig that. Joey, what are you thinking, man? How are you feeling about it? Oh, man. You, you act like I didn't record a whole podcast about this last week. <laughs> uh i agree with a lot of sean's points i think it's it was a predatory sale though like they saw a wounded dog like a shot deer and they were like oh well it's just gonna bleed out if we don't save it so they're like oh we'll just put it out as misery and just shoot it and take it and make it our trophy basically and that's how i feel about the whole like acquisition it's 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 kind of like if acquisition if activision blizzard wasn't in the state of condition that it was it wouldn't have need to be purchased and the sale would have never happened because they make the top selling game. Actually, they had the top two selling games last year, if I'm not wrong. Right. Yes. So yep. and one Vanguard was already a year and, old, uh, wasn't it? Yeah. Vanguard yep. and um, Cold War, right? Cold War. Cold yeah, War Cold was War. the top uh, top sale in December, I believe. Yeah, because Cold War is freaking amazing. It is really good. That campaign's so good. Oh, my God. But we need Ghost 2. I mean, let's all <sighs> cut the bull. Yeah, well, that'll never happen. I don't nope, know, nope. man. Hey, I'm gonna start. Know, I'm gonna start DMing Phil. Like, hey, man, say, and Phil, we trust. That's <laughs> all right. Just not that good. <laughs> Hook you Jeff, boy up Jeff with a good too, and uh, I won't. I won't be this PlayStation guy no more. What 360? What platinums? I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Yeah, half of those are rat trash, Gerald. Calm down. Hey, I, I don't know that it's half, but I mean, sure. He said you want tricky levels. All games are created equal in the eyes of a trophy whore, buddy. You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> So, Sean, I have a question for you. Um, sure. Who Who is your favorite person, or who is a person that you'd want to collaborate with the most that you haven't in the YouTube space? Jeff Keeley. Really? I mean, I, I saw your Twitter battle with him. That's pretty. <laughs> That's why. That shit was absolutely hilarious. We're we're very polar opposites. He's a very nice guy, though. Surprisingly, because I don't like him at all. I don't. I there. I feel like there's two sides to him. Did you see that? the thing where he did a Twitter spaces and I went on it, I put yeah. it up on the second channel. Yeah. Like that kind of made me change my tone a little bit on him because I kind of understand where he's coming from, but I would just like to work with him because I, I, I feel like his whole thing is like very one-sided, you know, it's, it's his vision of it. And I get that, but I feel like he also probably inadvertently surrounds himself with a bunch of yes men because obviously he's a very powerful figure but like i've been going at keely for years for years you can find it on my twitter i remember he made a post 
after the game awards one year, it was 2017 or 18. And he was like, what would you change about the game awards? And so I responded, I was like, I would make it not suck. And like <laughs> so many, so many people came out of the woodwork that I knew, like big YouTubers, and they were responding to my tweet. And they were like, oh, don't listen to him. Like people I'm friends with, they're like, oh, don't listen to him, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why are you brown nosing this dude? And it's funny because, you know, fast forward to four years later, roughly, and he follows me. And, you know, he knows who I am and we have interactions and I'm still saying the same sort of shit because, you know, that's just I don't I don't care. Like, I'm not here to make friends with, you know, I'm here to make money and create my own brand. And if I disagree with someone, I mean, obviously, I'm doing it in in a more joking tone, you know, like the whole sting thing. Like, I wasn't I wasn't like upset that sting was performing. I just didn't understand it from a video game perspective. His and, uh, response to you was hilarious. Yeah, like I think he gets that, and I think a lot of people in this in this sphere of of video games as as a business, they're they're afraid to like piss off the wrong person or something. I mean, I've gone on shows of of YouTubers who literally have like twenty videos about why I suck. I did a show two weeks ago with this one guy who's made a ton of videos about how I suck, and people are like. Why would you do that? I'm like, because I understand it. It's a business. You know, he's a smaller channel. He's like, oh, well, I could pick holes in this guy's logic and, you know, call him out on things. You get a bunch of views. You get some new subscribers, people who don't understand the game, people who just genuinely hate everyone and hate everything about their life. But at the end of the day, it's like this person, you know, it's not like he's saying he wants to kill my family or something. He just thinks I'm he thinks my videos suck or he thinks that this, that or the other. I mean. It's whatever. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. So they're afraid of like making people upset. And it's just like, dude, it's, it's business. I got a, uh, a funny story to tell you. It kind of lines up with that, you know, about people being afraid to upset people. Um, this one doesn't have anything to do with games. It was our music. So like mm-hmm. our band, we toured and traveled and played uh, a few hundred shows between the span of 2006 and 2013. 2013, we kind of landed the plane. Uh, we all have kids, you know, families, whatever. And in 2019, we did, and once all the kids were, you know, self-sufficient, everything, everybody was good. Life was good. We're like, you know what? We're going to fire this thing up. We're going to write some songs, write an album, um, maybe get, do some games, you know, m- music for games and whatever, you know, we're getting ready to do, um, a trailer for a, uh, a comic book series. And, um, you know, it was kind of like, we'll, we'll do this for fun. You know, it ain't about like traveling and play, playing shows and whatever. We're older now. It's, it's, it's all good. We just want music to sound good and enjoy it. Right. And, uh, so, so, <laughs> and I like to make jokes and I don't think everybody always understands the, you know, my humor and I'm cool with that. So, uh, this, this record label, it's like, Hey, we're looking for, uh, artists. You know, who do you guys want to see us, um, you know, sign in, uh, 2022? And the record label is not a metal label. It's not uh deathcore, beat down, hardcore, <laughs> heavy rock, nothing. You know? And so I'm like, oh dude, you guys gotta check out my band, blah, blah, blah. And I like send them all the information like as if I was deadpan serious, you can look at us. And um I expected an eye roll, maybe a no thanks, we're not interested. 
And I get a message back about an hour later. It was like, hey, you know, this is a country um, label. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like, so we're, we're, we're looking for country artists. We're not looking for, uh, you know, what for, for heavy music or whatever. And then uh, they're like, <laughs> but thank you. You know, you know, if anything changes, we'll let you know. A very nice um, you know, marketing response. Yeah. Right. I was like, Oh dude, that's awesome. I was like, uh, we can put breakdowns in country music and, uh, oh my God. no, 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 no. I, I said, I can put a little twang in our breakdowns. I was <laughs> like, and then we could do country core. It could be the next big thing. Yo, I, I said that. I swear <laughs> to you. <laughs> I need you to make a country core song. Like this has to happen. And so and the dude responds back and he's like, look, man, we're not looking for core in our country. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly though, that's something that, that could potentially go viral. Well, like, so very easily. Uh, so I got hooked up with some guys called them country boys a few years back. Uh, when I had got out of, um, tra- uh, traveling and performing music, I started to record music and kind of help, you know, produce music or whatever. Mm hmm. And um, I, I had these guys come in, and they were um, doing a song with this uh, country rap artist named Charlie Farley. Okay. And uh, so I did um, some acoustic stuff. I did like a little bit of you know guitar leads for him or whatever. And um, <laughs> it's it's crazy how like country rap became a thing for like a blip in our lifetime. Yeah. So, so country core has its place. It will happen one day. I don't know that I'm the one, you know, but oh, we'll see. Happen now. But so, yeah. so I, I, I pitched, bag. I pitched, I pitched country core. I'm like, Hey man, a little twang in the breakdowns. We can make this thing happen. It could be the next big thing. And dude's like, nah, I'm not, we're not looking for core in our country. <laughs> and then, but he says the, the, but you know, we would consider, you know, maybe some alternative rock and he goes breaking Benjamin's about as heavy as we would go. And I'm like, oh, dude, Breaking Benjamin's the goat, man. That 2009 <laughs> album, Dear Agony was like the best. And so I, I like, I'm on my end laughing hysterically. I'm like, dude, I'm get, like, they keep talking to me. So I'm going to keep talking to them. And I'm sure on his end, he's like, what is this idiot doing? Like this guy's <laughs> got to be out of his mind. He might be on drugs. Maybe we should just let him down easy. And so we, anyways, the, 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 the conversation progresses to the point of, I was like, Hey dude, like I really appreciate you <laughs> entertaining me and give me a full conversation. I was like, I expected you to roll your eyes and at the best say no, you know, if I got a response at all, I was like, I just want you to know, I appreciate that. And like, I knew you were a country label. I was just, you know, just a little rib trying to have a little fun, you know, whatever. So then he comes back and he was like, you seem like a nice guy and all, but you might not want to waste people's time. And he gives me the whole spiel about like her, you know, rubbing promoters the wrong way and how that could just end my music career. And I'm looking at him and I'm like looking at the message and I'm like, you know, I'm sure most people would take that and be like, Ooh man, I should probably be more careful. So I was like, look, dude, I've done my time. I was like, I'm right. not, I'm not trying to get signed. Surely not trying to get signed by a small record label. Like I, there's nothing I can't do on my own. You know, like I, I we self-produce our music. Uh, we, we record mix master everything all ourselves. I was like, we, we publish it ourselves. I was like, I, I don't, we don't need any help. I mean, like there's, I mean, I've had offers from small labels recently and it's like, there's really nothing you can give me that I can't do myself. It's the big guy that maybe could help me do something, you know, but not the small guys. I mean, nowadays that, that door, that, that the gatekeepers are gone. We can do it ourselves. And <laughs> I say all that to say this, like, yeah, people really are afraid of hurting feelings and other people 
almost they use that like, hey, man, you should probably behave this particular way. Although this character was very nice, very kind. And the conversation continued after the fact. Uh, I didn't quite sell him on country core, but he was like, yeah, you need to be careful who you rile up. You might blacklist yourself. That's what he said. I'll get blacklisted. Yeah, that's yeah. There's there's a lot of I mean, that's in every industry, though, when there's entertainment. You know, there's always the thought of pissing off the wrong person. But I mean, just my whole life, I've I've never cared about that. So why am I going to start now <laughs> with a bunch of video game people? Like, ooh, scary. Well, that's the thing is you got to think about, like, I said this the other day, and this is in our industry of just fabrication. You know, like, I had a guy getting really wound up about like what we're doing and like, you know, production and stuff. I'm like, hey, man, look, we're not saving lives. We're building weightlifting equipment. Right. Like, it's okay. You know, like, yeah, we're playing music. We're not saving lives. Like we're, we're, we're talking about video games. We're not, it's not brain surgery. You know what I'm saying? Like your life, right. people take stuff so serious and get so like More in their problems. own head about things. <laughs> I'm like, you're lucky. I didn't fart on the microphone right now. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just <laughs> God. That's our brand, but like, come on, Daryl. I'm not saying, I'm not threatening that now. I'm saying just in general, you know, it's like, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. People get get too serious about it and get too worried about this stuff. And it's like, I, I like your attitude, Sean. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> I think it's yeah, great. I mean, it's just, it's just how I've always been with like every facet of life. And it's like, video games aren't going to change that. That's I think that's what drives me to your channel, though, is that you're so, you're so real, Sean. You know, you like, you don't sugarcoat things. Like, you don't like something, you tell people you don't like it and you tell them why. And you give like, like your WWE uh 2k18 for the switch video is my <laughs> favorite video outside of that throwing the switch off the bridge and i that still bought bad. the game because i wanted to see how bad it was for myself even after you told me not to buy it <laughs> and i think i messaged you like right away on facebook i'm I like dude so. this thing is utter trash and i think we talked for like a few days back and forth We're like oh yeah you get the patch You're like i got the patch and you're like oh yeah it's, it's still shit i'm like yep yep it is yeah, they they never fixed that game and they literally never fixed it still to this day. I mean, I'm excited for the new one, but I'm also not excited for the new one. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen the trailer and a lot of people are kind of getting hype about it. But I'm like, does it really look all that different? Like one thing I noticed was um, there's like a, a a five to ten second clip of Bianca Belair in the ring. And I was just staring at her face and it's like completely it's, emotionless yes. like the whole time. And I was like. How is this any better than they spend all that money on physics, Sean? Hair physics, oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> Naomi's face when she does the slide on her knees, it is atrocious, dude. Her face looks jank as free in that trailer. Yeah, I'm just I I have, and and you know most of the trailer was them showing hijinks around the office, and it's like I don't care about this. I don't care about Tim the Toolman Taylor or whatever. Tim Tatman, whatever his name is, talking about this. Show me the game. Yep. That comes yep. out in less than two months. Yeah. Yep. Zach, I know you're you're a huge fan of Sean's as well. Um, do you have any questions you want to ask Sean before he gets out of here? Uh yeah, had one more question. So looping back around, you said you're friends with some of the guys that are in AEW and they play games right now. Uh are what is your opinion and are you looking forward to the AEW game that Ukes is producing right now? Yes. Yes, I am. Um my buddy Charlie, who's um uh in a who's part of AEW security team, he's been on TV a few times um as well. He actually did a lot of the motion capturing for that game. And like everyone that's involved with the game like understands 
what people want, I feel. So I think I think it's going to be really awesome. You know, the two teaser trailers, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess it's been two teaser trailers because we got the one that was like the initial introduction. And then we got the Darby Allen related one. Yeah, like it looks it looks like what you would want, you know, a, a blend of, you know, here comes the pain and no mercy and oh, with yes. modern you know, wrestling stuff and modern wrestling moves. So I'm, I'm very excited for it and very hopeful for it. I think it'll be interesting though, just to see like when it comes out, like what that roster looks like, create a wrestler, um, you know, what type of match types it's going to have, because I feel like that might be kind of weird. Like, I I don't know. Like they obviously have to, you know, ladder matches, cage matches and stuff like that. Can they do the, the war game spinoff thing in their game? You know, legal wise, I guess. Stadium stampede. Yeah. The stadium stampede. (laughs) Can you do something like that? Like with a bunch of backstage areas, but no, I think it's very promising and I'm a lot more excited for it than the upcoming WWE game, which I mean, I'll probably buy it anyways because I want to review it, but same same i was telling people in in the comments on that youtube on that that trailer don't buy it don't buy it but i'm like dang i'll buy it i'm mad you don't get a free ps5 upgrade if you buy a ps4 one because i should get everything for free after i paid for that last game jesus sony (laughs) Sony. that's a that That game was terrible well no it's sony because xbox does that Uh, so i mean we get free upgrades for most stuff yeah I mean, the first party stuff is always a little weird, but, but you know what, Sean, I know you got to run. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time, man. We enjoyed this. I'm sure our audience will enjoy, enjoy it. Uh, is there anything you want to push or promote before we get out of here? I'm not really just follow me on the YouTubes, RGT 85, all the social medias, same sort of thing. And thanks for having me on. Had a good time. Hey man, we would love to have you back. Anytime you got something you want to talk about, anytime you got some, a free moment, I know you you probably stay pretty busy and all, but man, we definitely appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. It'd be fun. Yeah.
And they say, there is no... no.